Big question, Chris. Here we go. Right off the bat. Playing no fucking games. We're rolling in hot. Here we come. Soggy cereal or not soggy cereal? Go. It depends on the type, but usually soggy. All right. What? Give me some. Give me some not soggies. Um, give me some soggies. Not soggy. I'd have to say something like. Uh, I don't know. What do? Are there any not soggies? Well, I mean, there's a lot. Lots of them come. I mean, pretty dry-ish. Oh well, yeah. And you just. I classify it as soggy. I mean, you let it sit in the milk for five, you know, three to five minutes. And not soggy is you put the fucking cereal in, you put the milk in, and you start scarfing that shit down. I'd say something like Rice Krispies because they're already pretty, you know, small and it doesn't really do much to it. But something like Cookie Crisp, you want to let that sit a little bit. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a touch back to old days right there. <laughs> yep. Uh, what what's some of your favorite soggies? Uh, man, you really are starting off the hard questions, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, Fruit Loops. All right, Fruit Loop fan. Um, fan of Fruity Pebbles. Oh yeah. That that's one that's kind of hit or miss. It's one of those where you know I like it a little bit soggy, but. If it just kind of all turns to complete mush, then it's kind of gone a little too far. Yeah. So you kind of have to find that happy middle ground, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that's another disclaimer to it is that <clears throat> when I say soggy, I don't mean like it, it hasn't been sitting in milk for so long that when you pick it up, it just all mushes. <laughs> it's like a slop. I'm not saying that. It's more like let the milk soak in for a good bit and make it very chewy. Yeah. I find in my life that just this is me as a personal thing. I I like chewy things, period. Like if I have a choice between regular cookie crisp, I mean a uh, uh, regular chocolate, like Chips Ahoy chocolate chip cookies, mm-hmm. I always get the chewy kind. Yeah, I actually, the way I do it is I'll get both, but when I eat the normal cookies, I have milk with them and I dip it in it, so it ends up, you know, soft anyway. Right. Yep. And, like, I can't, if if I eat Oreos at all, and I mean plain Oreos, we're not talking about Oreos in a pie or whatever. If I <laughs> eat plain, or if I go to Walmart or wherever and just buy a bag of Oreos, I will not eat them without milk, period. Right. I will not just eat them out of the bag and, you know, be like a happy little kid. Absolutely. Has to be in milk. I find that for a lot of my shit in life, a lot of my food, I always like chewy stuff. Like another example, if I if I go to Subway, I never get my sandwich toasted. I don't like my bread toasted. I like it chewy. I only I just, do it if I get flatbread. Yeah, because it it typically it stays soft unless they overdo it. So yeah. it depends on the Subway you go to, but at the one I normally go to, which I eat Subway pretty much every day for lunch, um, at work, I don't have to tell them you know to lightly toast it. Because them toasting it mm-hmm. is fine. Um, right. But some of them, you have to tell them, lightly toast or it comes out black, you know? Yeah. Chris, can I tell you my new custom Subway recipe? Sure. Here it goes. Pick the breading of your choice. I pick white for this one. Mm-hmm. So foot long on white. This podcast sponsored by Subway. <laughs> Subway, eat fresh. I should have stock in Subway, by the way. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I didn't know that beforehand. Just, just tell you guys and gals. 
so white bread. <clears throat> Get your foot long because you're going to want this mama jamma. It's going to be a grilled chicken breast. You can double meat it if you want to, but single meat's just fine. You're going to add bacon. You're not going to have it toasted. And the only thing you're going to put on this sandwich is sweet onion, ranch, and pickles. That's it. That is my newest recipe. Now, I used to get that all the time. Uh, I just didn't put pickles or bacon on it. I don't know what possessed me to do it. I just got a foot long over the past couple mm-hmm. weeks, and I was like, yeah, throw some bacon on there. You know what? I'm in a pickle mood. Throw some pickles on there. If I don't like it, well, fuck it. I'm a grown man. I'll just <laughs> throw it away and say, oh, well, I'll uh, learn a lesson. And I have loved it. So I have three main sandwiches I get right now. Let's hear them. Let's the hear first em. is the meatball on Italian with nothing but mayonnaise on it. I mean, okay. all these have American cheese. I don't know if you mentioned cheese for yours. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, for that for that one, no. No cheese on the Okay. Bone. I always get American cheese on my subs. So. Okay. Uh, he has he has stock in America. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's my meatball, and then the other one is the sweet onion chicken teriyaki, with nothing but mayo and sweet onion sauce. Mm-hmm. And the other one is the rotisserie chicken, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is with uh, mayonnaise, mustard, lettuce. Nice. The, the, the second two are on flatbread. The meatball's the only one on normal bread because you don't want meatballs going everywhere on flatbread. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did experiment last week and get what I called a Subway quesadilla. Oh. So what it was was it was flatbread because, you know, quesadillas are on, you know, flat stuff. So Traditionally. Yeah. So I also got the, I don't know if the Subway or where you're at does it, but... Ours has the uh, oven roasted chicken, the chicken breast, you know, that are the, they call it the oven roasted chicken breast or whatever, but it's really the real patty thing. Um, But they actually cut it up so it strips of it. Kind of like the teriyaki and stuff does. Mm -hmm. So it's those. I got those with the shredded cheese and these only, and it was toasted. And the only sauce on it was the uh, chipotle sauce. Mm-hmm. So it ultimately ended up being basically a quesadilla, nice. but you know, using what I had to work with at uh, Subway. Was it good? Yeah. Nice. Nice. I mean, it was like eating an odd quesadilla, so it worked <laughs> out, you know, with what I was aiming for. Right. Besides my newest uh, Frankenstein chicken bacon pickle sandwich, which I still say is awesome. I suggest you <laughs> and everybody else try it out. There's usually two mainstay sandwiches I go for. One, I I as well get a meatball sub. However, I modify mine a bit to where it's like a pizza sandwich. Oh, you get so the pepperoni I, on it? Yes. Yeah. So I'll get I'll get a foot long on Italian urban cheese if they have it. Uh I will have the meatball, very little sauce. I don't like a ton of sauce. I don't like my sandwich to be mushy. But enough where I can eat it and have good sauce on it. They know what I'm saying, so they do it right. <laughs> and then add pepperoni. And then, uh, not toasted, and I put olives and green peppers, uh, Parmesan cheese, and the, I can never remember the, the and mozzarella cheese. And it's basically like a pizza sub. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed, uh, this is something that uh, my wife explained to me because she used to work at a Subway uh 
I would go to different subways and have different tastes for meatball subs, and that would blow my mind. Like I would, there's, I mean, there's like what seven thousand subways within a five mile area where I yeah. live. They also have one on on base where I work, and the the subway there would make me a meatball sandwich, and it would be fucking awesome, delicious. And the other ones around me, they're not bad. They're just okay. And it always blew my mind. Like, how the fuck am I go? If I go to a McDonald's up the road, and then I go to a McDonald's further down the road, both of those cheeseburgers are going to taste just the same. Yeah. You know, both of those Big Macs are going to taste just the same. And the way my wife explained it to me is when Subway makes their marinara sauce, it's not, thankfully, it's not strictly in a bag you know it's not it's not meal ready they have to Mm -hmm. sort of mix the sauces themselves and duh one of the main ingredients is water and depending on the amount of water they put in it completely alters the taste which makes sense you know it's diluting the 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 shit inside of it right so typically i try to go on base and get one if i ever in a marinara mood but (laughs) man you deal with what you got the other sandwich is a cold cut on Italian, usually double meat because I'm in a big boy mood. <laughs> um, pepper jack cheese, and I'll get a little bit of lettuce and tomato, a metric fuck ton of banana peppers, some olive oil, uh, some oil and vinegar with extra vinegar, and that's it. I love that sandwich. Well, that's my three. I'm so glad Subway's sponsoring us. I'm, we're recording this. We're wearing Subway t-shirts and hats as we're recording this. Do they do the uh, cards down there, the points cards? They, uh, You know what? I don't know if they do those anymore down here. If they do, I've never been offered one. There's actually not a lot of places that still do it. Um, they do it here, but if I you know, get on the road and go 20 minutes north, can't use it anymore. Oh, wow. So. It's one of those things where I'm going to have to use all my points um, before I move. One of the best places that I have the point system for is Papa John's because I will buy, I mean, you know, you're usually, usually you're spending somewhere between $20 and $40 when you're buying pizza. I mean, that's just me. Because it's usually two pizzas, one for me and one my wife, and we usually get something extra. We'll usually get breadsticks mm-hmm. and some extra sauces. I mean, even if it's just me, I alone, even with a small pizza, I'm still spending 15, 20 bucks. But after the second, maybe third time we've bought pizza from Papa John's, we've got like $10 free or one to two like side items for free. It's crazy. Yeah, we yeah. have points accounts for both Domino's and Pizza Hut, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, like we we have. I also have one for. Uh, I don't know if you guys have a Moe's where you are. It's like no. a Mexican. Yeah, we got something for that. Meh. I use them. I tell you a big kick I've been on recently, and I wish I would have done this earlier in life, just as a personal, you know, just as a feel good thing. I've been going out of my way to give customer service representatives glaring reviews whenever they give good customer service. Like, uh, me and my wife had to go to Louisiana. We went to New Orleans for something. Oh, we went to go, we went to a, a haunted house 
around Halloween and and Halloween it sucked in my opinion. But <laughs> on the way back we stopped at a Longhorns in Slidell, Louisiana, and we had a now mind you, I was a server for eight years. I had a awesome server. I mean awesome. Punctual, polite, had everything accurate. Made sure we were taken care of. I mean, it was, there was only like two tables that we went. It was late night, but awesome guy. I called this guy's manager over. I gave him props right in front of him. And I made sure to put a survey online when I got home saying, yeah, this dude was good. You know, he needs to be recognized in the restaurants. Good guy. He did a damn good job. Deserved a tip and deserved everything. And I've been doing that a lot lately. Uh, I don't necessarily go out of my, I don't, I don't know the last time I've ever, I've ever complained. Or made any type of formal or informal report about a bad service rep, but you know, you got to think what what people. Man, you, if you're working some kind of customer service job, you're only making eight to ten to twelve dollars an hour if you're lucky. And if you're going A B C D on your job, it's it's for me. It feels good to be like, hey guy, hey gal, you did a good job. Thanks, thanks for being a pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I've also, go ahead. I don't. I don't do them too often. Um, it typically has to be either really good or really bad for yeah. me to do it. Like another example was, uh, I I went to Subway. My wife didn't feel like cooking one night. I went to Subway at her request and got, went and got a sandwich. I was even with two sandwiches, and even with her sandwich being as picky as it was, <laughs> and. And, and, you know, that's two sandwiches. I was in and out of that place. And I'm talking, you know, the, the sanitation was followed, you know, washing hands, politeness, uh, making banter, making sure that our sandwiches were the way we wanted to, asking if we wanted this way or that way, blah, blah, blah. I was in and out of that subway in four and a half minutes. Nice. That blew my fucking mind. And I, it wasn't just the speed. It was just, I was like, this person has done this for a while. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. They asked all the right questions. It was very polite smiles, thank yous, yes sirs, no sirs, blah, 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 blah. And when I walked out, I was like, holy shit. I looked at my phone because I, I was on my phone when I got in. And then when I looked at my phone, I was like, it's been four and a half minutes. <laughs> wow. And then I started thinking back. I was like, hold on now, hold on now. Was she going so fast that she was... Maybe she was just slinging shit around. I was like, no, I rem- I specifically remember her washing her hands a couple times, changing gloves, all that stuff. The way she had her stuff set up, she could move really quick. I was like, that's the kind of shit that I like. Yeah. The f- the fact that one of my jobs is a job where I have to watch, you know, people and and, and uh, workers watch how they process things, watch their speed, watch their performance. You pick up on other people's performance. Uh, it's nice, man. It feels nice to go like, hey, this person did a damn good job. I have yet to have somebody, I don't know, even even in recent memory where I've been like, man, I want that fucker's job. Because, I mean, nobody's been that bad to me. <laughs> I mean, even when I've had a bad server, and I know what a bad server's like, it's not like, ah, yeah, they don't need to work here. It's more like they need improvement. Yeah, I think the last negative review I gave was actually for a Waffle House when we were coming back. On one of, and yeah, Waffle House, of course. You just go and you get your food. It's great. Um, but this one, we were in our booth for, I think, 
20 minutes before she even got her drink orders. Wow. And wow. we were about to get up and walk out, but she had uh, saw me looking over at what where she was working. Um, and she was like, I'll be right with you, you know, blah, blah. And I was like, all right. She, she acknowledged us. Or we still exist in her mind. So, <laughs> no, and it was still several minutes later. And then there was, I don't remember if there was actually something wrong with the food or not. Um, I was a, a minor thing, petty thing, but I, you know, I got a burger and all I wanted on the burger was mayonnaise, mustard, lettuce. Mm-hmm. All right. So the burger comes out. I think there was something else on it, like tomato or, or pickles or whatever comes on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, I had bacon on mine. Oh, which, snap. You got to upgrade, bro. Well, I don't get bacon on my burgers ever. So, what? Um, let, let's save that for yes. another podcast. That's a whole topic. Oh, what? No, um, fuck you. We're saving it for this one. We'll talk about it in a minute. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm going to let you finish. All right. We're going to get back to this. I don't put bacon on my burger. So, my burger had bacon on it. Okay. No mayonnaise, no ketchup. And so I motioned to the lady, she comes over, and I was like, I don't have mayonnaise or ketchup. And she's like, well, ketchup's on the table. And I don't even think I brought the ketchup because it was on the table. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't have my mayonnaise packet. Because, you know, they always give it on the side in a packet for some reason. Right. Um, and she goes, oh, we're out. I'm like, you, you didn't mm-hmm. tell me that when I ordered it and said mayonnaise. Yeah. Surely that's not something that you just figured out. Mm-hmm. So I was a little annoyed at that. So I just, you know, put ketchup on my burger, gave my bacon away, and proceeded with my food. And then when I got the bill, she had double charged for our drinks. So I was like, oh. okay. Um, so yeah, when we left there, I went out before pulling out of the parking lot, got on my phone, went on a. Google Maps and gave them a poor rating. Now, so. this is where I this is where I would have asked you to do something different. Mm-hmm. If I'm assuming that the okay, so the, obviously the, she didn't make the burger, but she mm-hmm. could have, and she was probably responsible for relaying the burger order to the cooks. Mm-hmm. So. They might have just made it the way she told them to, and she just didn't tell them right. So, know. if the food, well, what I'm getting at is, if the food wasn't, it was an issue. That's one thing. You know, your 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 bun was was obviously stale. Your meat, your burger was obviously not cooked to the proper temperature, and it had blood everywhere. If you didn't like that, or something to do with the quality of the food, I get that. If the establishment itself was dirty, nasty, filthy, loud, the atmosphere was too loud. Uh, you 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 saw people like you your your silverware was fucked up. It had shit all over. Like they didn't wash them good enough. Those are some reasons why I would say leave a negative rating for the establishment. But if the place is fine, and your server is the problem, go to the manager. Say hey, let me tell you about this shit right here. You say that just like that. <laughs> because the establishment is not the is not the fault. May, maybe her training, maybe she's new, who knows. But if she's a problem, she needs to have the review. Or he or whatever. 
I'm really keen on making sure that what's responsible is getting to blame. If my server's bad, somebody's going to know about it, but not, you know, I'm not going to, not going to leave a negative review for Longhorns if my server's a piece of shit. I'll just let the manager know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. hopefully, hopefully a good enough manager which will address it and not be like, yeah, 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 here, here's your free dessert. And then nothing happens. And she seemed to be one of the senior people there <laughs> as far as servers go. So oh, I didn't. Man. I think they actually had someone new there, and she seemed to be doing better than this person, but overall I just wasn't impressed with the establishment as a whole. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't just her. I'm trying to think there was something with the bathroom. I think that might have been other customers, but yeah, it's one of those things. that We spent 45 minutes in there, and that was, I think, when we were coming back from down there, which is, was it coming back? No, that might have been... I don't remember. So it was either a, so either way, it was probably part of a nine, ten hour drive. So to, mm-hmm. you know, forty five minutes, which twenty of that to thirty minutes of that was wasted. Yeah, I'm, I was frustrated at that point. I just was done with it. Yeah. So getting back to this whole bacon fiasco. Yep. Here's my statement. Oh, please do. I'm ready. Bacon is overrated. All right, you know, hey, I can understand that. I can, I can, I can get the popularity thing, the bacon everywhere. I mean, my wife and I have the bacon, bacon, bacon strip shirt. We get it. <laughs> I get it. I get that it's an overhyped thing. Does it take away the fact that it's good? I mean, I don't. I prefer sausage over bacon. Okay. So, and I don't have any desire for bacon on my burger, especially because it's usually crunchy and crispy, and I don't, I prefer my bacon, you know, Uh softly cooked. That's where we get along again. I'm the same way. I do not like crispy bacon. Growing up in my house, that's all my parents ever had was Mm -hmm. fucking super crispy, crunchy, dark bacon, and I hate it. I like when I pull bacon off and I can wiggle it around. Like, <laughs> nah, that's probably disgusting. Yeah, sound. I don't know about that noise, but <laughs> oh my, I, I was uh, with dude. you until you made the noise. <laughs> I like chewy bacon. I always have. Yeah. There used to be a burger, and I'm sure you could probably just get it made this way because I don't see Chili's not having bacon, but Chili's used to have a burger. I, I, I don't remember the name. I'm going to list my three burgers here in a second, but I think it was something like the Smoky Cheddar Cowboy Smokehouse. I don't remember. This fucking sandwich, this burger was huge. I mean, like six to seven inches tall. It was, it was huge. And one of the best things about it is they put two or three strips of that really long, really wide, really thick, Chewy bacon on mm-hmm. it. Oh, oh, so good. <laughs> I love bacon like that. That's how bacon, that's how I want my bacon. I agree. No crispy bacon, please. But bacon is good. I mean, I, I don't, don't dislike it. I, just, I think it's overrated. I'm so tired of hearing about bacon. I, th- I think that's the thing. I think that's what it really boils down to for you is that you're tired of hearing about it. 
Maybe you already know bacon's good. You already know you like bacon, but you don't put bacon on a pedestal in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's what all these memes and shit revolve around is putting bacon so far up there. Like, yeah. I if don't I want have bacon a choice, ice cream. No, exactly. <laughs> I'm the same way. Like, there's there's a limit to my, and I'll try it because I always say I will try everything once. Mm-hmm. But let's be real here. If I have a nine-ounce sirloin cooked rare in front of me, or a plate of bacon, I'm going to pick the sirloin, guys. Right. It's a, I may be in a bacon mood, but that is a perfectly cooked sirloin. You know, If I have a X burger that I'm fixing a list in front of me, or a plate of bacon, I'm taking the burger. <laughs> I'll just have some of that bacon on the burger. Um, There are three main burgers that I eat today that I love and I think are great. And if you have these restaurants near you, by the way, welcome to the, welcome to the food cast <laughs> for, uh, uh, for all the newcomers that are coming to the end of time cast episode one. Welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Today we're only talking about food. That's <laughs> right. So when you read that article or that ad or whatever that said, Chris and Michael talk about the topics of video games. We're talking about food. Fuck you. <laughs> no, we'll get to games in a minute. But my three burgers right now, in order of deliciousness, one is a burger from Chili's and... Again, it's they, they, they have a new one. I could go Google it right now. I'm looking up something else real quick. But it's something like that. It's like a smoky, it's like a, a cheddar bacon smokehouse burger. It's the only one that's like that. The main thing that sets it apart from other burgers on the Chili's menu is that it has barbecue on it. Mm-hmm. That's the seller for me because that's my food group. I love barbecue. You put barbecue on something, I'm down for it. Second is Buffalo Wild Wings has a burger, uh, a gasp, hands on your cheeks. Oh, what? Yeah, they have other shit besides chicken uh, <laughs> and, and, and wings. They have what's called a Big Jack Daddy Burger. This burger is almost the same thing as the one at Chili's, except it has uh, fried onion rings on it and some other type of sauce as well as the barbecue. Fucking delicious. And my number one burger, if I'm in the mood for a burger and I want to leave this house and go get a burger, no, it's not McDonald's, even though Chris and I have talked about McDonald's before. Uh, the, there's a, there's a place around here, I don't know, do you, do you guys have a mug shots where you live, Chris? No, but it sounds familiar probably from down there. Yep, next time you come down here, you need to go to a mug shots. And ironically, <laughs> well, maybe that's probably the wrong word to use. Coincidentally, maybe? I don't know. English majors will figure that out. But <laughs> the best burger, in my opinion, the number one burger, period, for me as of right this, as of this recording, of, of, aside from, you know, my wife cooking a burger, because God, mm, she's a good cook, is the McDonald burger from Mugshots. They have a burger <laughs> called the McDonald. I'm sure it's named after somebody. Right. But, oh, it's so good. No, no, main main thing that sets mugshots apart from other places 
at least in my area, I'm sure where you know our audience lives, that they may have restaurants or mom and pop places to do it as well. But they use that Hawaiian sweet bread for their buns. Oh yeah. Mm. I mean, off the top, it's already good. Mm-hmm. The first thing that's going to touch your tongue is that bread. But I mean, it's got a thick fucking meat patty. It's got barbecue sauce. It's got, it's got onion rings. I'm noticing a trend it's, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, if they're all like that, and they all have a little slight variation, mm-hmm. but I can go to either one of those three and get a damn good burger. If I'm in a just, I just want to drive up the road and get something, I usually just get either maybe a Big Mac with extra Big Mac sauce or a couple just plain old cheeseburgers. Yeah. But when I say nope, I'm eating a burger burger, those are my three picks. Chris, where do you like your burgers at and where, what, what picks do you have? So one of my favorite burgers is actually the Waffle House burgers. Oh yeah. I just, I enjoy their burgers. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of getting burgers when I'm out eating because I feel like I'm paying way too much for too little. So I tend to not get burgers when I eat out. So most of my burgers are McDonald's or something like that where I know it's cheap and I'm going to get, you know, a small burger, but I'm only paying a dollar for it. So who cares? You know, I'll get three of them and I'll be okay. Um, As opposed to $7 for a burger that I'm going to still be hungry after I eat. Yeah. Um, trying to think. When I go to Sonic, I actually prefer getting the uh, grilled chicken there. Grilled no chicken kidding. sandwich, yeah. And it's one of the only that. places I will eat wheat bread. And it's because their wheat buns on the grilled chicken doesn't mm. taste like normal wheat bread. It, I actually oh. didn't know it was wheat until I actually stopped, looked at it, and thought about it. Then it registered, oh, this is wheat bread. Um, <laughs> because it didn't taste like it. I got Subway. There was a new girl. Our Subway's doing a lot of turnover lately. So there's a yeah. new girl. She did my sub, and she did it on wheat flatbread instead of the white flatbread. Mm-hmm. She was new, so, you know, I just took it and ate it anyway. But nope. Wheat flatbread <laughs> isn't for me. Um, yep. That did not join the exclusive club of Sonic Bun for what I'll eat that's wheat. <laughs> Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of burger <coughs> choices. I mean, I, you know, people talk about like five guys. That's another one. It's like, okay, it's overpriced. The mm. My burgers I got there were burnt, which I know that's, you know, not necessarily the case always, but it was also not worth the money at all. Mm. I would disagree and lots of others would, but hey, it's opinions. <laughs> Uh, speaking of burnt things, a, a a random odd thing about some food that I discovered sometime last year, I believe. Again, like I said, my wife is a great cook. She's a great chef. I'll say that because she don't just cook food; she can just make shit happen. She made a uh, she made some. I don't. I can't remember. I always have to ask her because I I have no fucking memory. I don't remember if she if this was by accident or if she did it on purpose, but she made spaghetti one time, just fucking generic old grade B spaghetti meal, but she made it with meatballs, and she charred the meatballs, not burnt, mind you, just charred them slightly, a hint of burnt, 
And that is now the only way that I like meatballs. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, don't burn them, of course, but wow. And I would have never thought that. Mm-hmm. You know, who the fuck to think? And it's like, oh, so, that, so then you want your steaks well done. No. I don't want charred steaks. I take I take a cue from Dennis Leary. When a server asks me how I want my steak done, I say, you bring the cow out here, I'll cut off what I want, and I'll ride the rest <laughs> home. That's how I like my steaks. I would eat that shit with my bare hands. I do not give a fuck. I love rare steaks. Chris, do you feel when you go out and about and you go to a buffet, do you feel that you eat the proper amount for a buffet price? Oh, yeah. I stuff my face. <laughs> really? Yeah. I know when I was a kid, uh, my parents would always send me back going, you need your money's worth, you know, because you, what you get on one plate isn't your money's worth. You need to go back and get at least, you know, two plates, if not a third, um, right. until you've actually got your money's worth. I don't, I don't think I have an issue. Um, I, God, it's been so long since I've been to a buffet. I think most mm. of the buffet, the last buffet I went to was actually at a Pizza Hut. Really? Actually sat down in a Pizza Hut and ate on their, you know, buffet thing. I like Pizza Hut buffet, man. Yeah. Any, any kind of pizza buffet, period. I like, would they have a Sicily's down here? I don't know if they have oh, one where you are. But... Uh, they do, but we haven't been there yet. That's oh, man. been on my list of things that go. I mean, there you go. It's it's a it's a it's pizza buffet. Yeah. The end. Let's talk about pizza for a minute, Chris. Let's okay. get into some fucking let's get some good food. All right. You're in a pizza mood, all right, Chris. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, oh uh, hey, I'm Chris. I'm in a pizza mood. <laughs> <laughs> you go, I'm gonna I'm gonna give me a pizza today. So you number one, I think we had I think I asked you this before, but that's not the main point right now. Mm. Where are you going to get that pizza from? If it's my choice, Domino's. All right, so yes, I'm going to go and me a Domino's pizza. Tell me the pizza you're going to get. Cheese. Go on. <laughs> no, I mean really. I'm in fucking suspense right now. That, that's typically it. I'll, I may change it up and get you know extra cheese and extra sauce. Uh, but typically just a cheese pizza. Wow. See, Man, when you... when we're talking about all this food, you have to keep in mind. I don't like a lot of things. Like, I don't like peppers. I don't like... Uh, you don't like a lot of flavor? A lot of things. I don't like a peppers. A lot of flavor. Okay, I see what you did there. Th- things add things add flavor to whatever you're eating. Yeah, see... Yeah, anyway. Um, I, I don't like peppers. I don't like onions. I don't like olives, you know... That's why we're talking about the subway stuff. Mine are so plain because I don't like most of the things that they put on them. If you, you know, on the vegetable or topping side, I don't right. like pickles. I don't like tomatoes. Give me my sauce and I'm good. Um, and that's why I am with pizza. You know, I'll put Catalina on my pizza and I'm good. That's my flavor. Okay. That's why it was such a big deal for me when they changed the, um, they changed their sauce recipe at some point, I know, too. But that's not as obvious of a difference. But when they changed the crust, that was a big deal. Um, because I don't have other stuff to mask it. Right, I just have my right. sauce, and I'm only going to pour so much Catalina on there. I mean, it can only hold so much. 
I realize that I'm jumping ahead of myself as well. I did ask you a question about Buffet, and the point of that was me to say that I I never, I never feel like I eat enough. Mm-hmm. I have to plan my buffet <laughs> runs ahead. Like, all right, I'm not eating any, not that I, number one, I don't eat a typical meal throughout the day. I don't eat a breakfast and a lunch and a dinner. My work schedule and eat schedule is complete, it's just off. I don't even like to eat at work, even though I do damn near every other time, if not every time, because food slows me down. I'm a big fucking baby, and food gives me the sleeps like nobody's business. (laughs) When I eat, I've got, I'll probably start feeling quote-unquote energized for after about a half an hour, and then I'm done. You you get probably a good half an hour to an hour's good solid fucking chug of work out of me, and then I'm like, all right, I'm I'm good. Yeah. Same thing when I'm at home. If I'm at home in my comfortable environment, and I eat something in my warm, nice, cozy, comfortable home in this fucking recliner, I'm done half an hour later. I'm a I'm a big sleepy baby when it comes to eating food, but. So when I go out to eat at a buffet, I'm pretty much, I'm already in my mind that I'm not going to eat anything all day, period. And even then, I'll go to a buffet and I'll get a plate. And when I say a plate, I don't mean a fucking overloaded, falling off the side, embarrassment of food on a plate. I'll get a moderate amount of shit on a plate. If it's like a Chinese buffet, I usually piecemeal. I get like a little bit from here, a little bit from here, a little... I'll have like 10 different things on my one plate. And I swear to God, I'll eat maybe half, if I'm lucky, two-thirds of that plate, and I'm done. And it doesn't matter if I pay a lunch price or a dinner price. I never feel like I eat enough for that money. I hate it. It's good. I enjoy it. But I just don't eat a lot of food. I don't know why. I mean, damn, I'm 180-something pounds. I'm stock muscle, but... My body's like, no. You know, you know when you see movies and TV shows and they like parody rich people eating? You know, they give like a dinner sized plate and there's a little bitty portion of a fucking steak cube on it. Yeah. And a little garnish of a mint. I could eat the little cube and the mint and I'm full. <laughs> so I don't know. As far as pizzas, mm, if I'm getting my own pizza, it's Papa John's. And if I'm making my own pizza, I make my own meat lovers slash supreme or whatever the fuck Papa John's. I think the works is what they call it. Mm -hmm. But I get pepperoni, ham, and sausage. I have to get extra cheese. I have to get extra. I love extra sauce on mine. Complete love for my wife. My wife loves little to no sauce. She likes light sauce, but I like extra sauce. And I'll put... Lots, I don't know, like lots of vegetables, green olives, peppers, uh, Roma tomatoes, extra tomatoes. Ah, mm, What about thickness? I like a thick pizza. I do not like a thin pizza. Okay, so what about pan versus hand-tossed? Um... I haven't had a pan in a long time. What's what's the difference, really? I mean, pans, so here's the thing. I think that the amount of dough used isn't that much different 
but because of the way it's cooked, it just has a lot of air in it, so it's, you know, fluffier, so to speak. Um, So I actually prefer hand-tossed. Now the issue is, and the reason why I asked what you prefer is because I always, growing up, my dad loves thin pizza. You know, thinner the better mm-hmm. for him. I don't like yeah, it. I want I, hand tossed. I, I feel you. It's your dad and my dad get along just fine. Oh yeah. Um, I want hand tossed. And mm-hmm. lately, and I say lately, I mean like last five years, maybe not that long, but Domino's and Pizza Hut both, their hand tossed now seems like what used to be thin crust. And now thin crust is like tissue paper. Oh, um, no, no. And getting pan, I'm pan's okay, but there's something about the taste of it, and I don't know if it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but the pan seems to taste a little bit different crust-wise, mm-hmm. aside from the size. So I've actually wanted more hand-tossed, but I don't want it that thin. So it's yeah. like, why, why is the hand-tossed, not thicker, so it's been it, kind of I, a thing. Uh, I guess they've done a stress test, or what? What? What do games call it? What do movies call it when they put it before an audience before it gets to you? There's a phrase for it. Uh, Somebody's screaming at screening? their stereo. No. Screening is kind of like it's. Um, it's when it's when they put it. There's like a room, you know, like they're they're gonna watch a TV show. And they, they have this isolated room with like 15 people and they put that TV show to the 15 people and have them vote on things they do and don't like. God damn, I'm so retarded. I know. Um, oh, anyways, that's, they've done, they've probably done something like that. And maybe the majority of those have been like, they like a thinner crust. Well, I'll tell you, not. Go ahead. Not me. No, I was just going to say, not me. I, I don't like thin crust at all. What I really think, and that's just maybe the negative Nancy in me is that I think they're just trying to save money. They okay. just set their policy, hey, you're going to use this amount of dough on a hand-tossed pizza, and that's it, and they lowered it. That's it. Could be. It could be. Thin crust is now this much dough. Figure it I out. Also, I also have a limit to how much thickness in my dough that I like. Like, I do like thick. I like a thick crust, and I do say that I, the thicker the better. But still, there's a limit because we have a local place. We have a we have a pizza style place in one of our local malls that they, they do pizza, and they they just sell pizza by the slices. They basically take a pizza and cut it in fourths, right? And you just buy a slice of pizza, mm-hmm. which is great. But their crust is so thick. It's it's too thick. Like I get like a thin layer of the topping, and I'm just eating a a wad of bread. That's too much. No, I like a good mixture of thick dough and lots of top. And uh, this is for me now, the guy that mm-hmm. does like toppings and stuff. So, all right. So next time I come down, I want you to tell me about that pizza place. I want to go try it, see what I think about it. Also, okay. I'm just gonna eat dinner at your house every night. So okay. I can have her cooking. So because you keep fine. talking about it, I mean, I, I hope she do doesn't mind. She, I'm sure she won't. She likes <laughs> cooking. You should have seen her. She, she's in this fucking house doing backflips whenever she cooked that gigantic feast for thirty. Yeah. And I'm like, baby, you really only cooked that for me and you. I mean, she was very proud and well deserved. She deserved mm-hmm. it. It was great. 
All of it was great. It just fed me and her. <laughs> How many bedrooms you got there? Uh, one, two, three, and two full baths. So mm-hmm. yeah, we, we can make it work. Of course we could. <laughs> you just gotta you just gotta bring your own bed. You gotta you gotta blow up mattress somewhere. Bring it. Oh, I'll have a new one. Uh, when it's time to move. <laughs> so I'll have to have that in between, you know, one place or another will need something to sleep on while the beds right. are in transit. How how happy were you when you found or how often do you use the Coca-Cola drink machine that lets you basically fucking freestyle your drink? Do you have those where you are? I've seen them, I don't use them, I don't give a shit. What Chris, <laughs> Jesus! No, I, I've never used one. I think I've been in one or two places that had them, and I think I was passing through both times. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll, I okay, yeah. I mean, they're not the greatest thing since sliced bread, but they have like sixty or seventy different things that you can put into your drink, and you basically make your own drink. Mm-hmm. Like I make a vanilla cherry Dr Pepper, and it's fucking awesome. It's a lot better than going to McDonald's and being like, here's your Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, and that's one of the things. That's actually probably what I would do. It would be some kind of cherry Coke or uh, vanilla cherry or vanilla Coke or something like that, you know. Cause, and that, that's, that's where they sell it at. It's, uh, they got the main ingredients. They got the Coke. They got the, you know, Barks Root Beer, the Dr. Pepper. And then insert ingredients. Vanilla, cherry, uh, lime. Paprika, I don't fucking know. You just you just mix your own drink, and it's it's, pre- it's pretty good. Yeah. I don't go out of my way to get them. I'll agree. When we're at the places where they have them, we may get them, but I don't know. Me and we're 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 weird about our drinks. We always have a shit ton of drinks here at the house, so it's like, yeah, I could spend a dollar seventy nine on this drink, or I'll just go home and get one of my drinks I already have. So It depends. It's a mood thing, you know? So let's talk about the price of drinks real quick. Oh boy, let's do. So whenever I go out and eat, I don't get a drink, almost ever. Um, mm-hmm. Because I've come to realize that I may, you know, pay, say I'm at a more, you know, sit-down place. Going for lunch, okay, I may pay eight bucks for my lunch. Mm-hmm. That drink is going to be like three bucks alone. Yeah. For a single glass, you know, refills, whatever, but I don't drink more than a glass. Um, I'm right. lucky if I finish my one before I walk out the door. I'm right. like, no, I'll just take a water instead. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree completely. And like I said, if we're, if we're going to somewhere and we stop to eat, or if we are specifically going out to eat, we will get a drink. You know, but if we're like on the way home, we just wait till we get home. And it's the same, it's the same reasoning that you have. It's just, it's too expensive. And, you know, we've got some drinks at the house. What I've also noticed, and I don't know, this is a, I, I probably have some medical issue that I really should get looked at, but I think I have ulcers in my intestines or something because I've noticed there are times where if I get certain specific soft drinks, it fucks my system up. I love Dr. Pepper, but if I get a Dr. Pepper out and about in a soft drink form, half an hour to an hour later, my my stomach is going crazy. I can drink my Dr. Thunders that I have here at the house, no problem. If I drink a Coke 
same thing. And I'm talking out and about from a fountain drink form. Maybe it's the carbon. I don't know. You know, I'll have to try the same thing because I know I got Dr. Pepper. It's been a couple of years now, but that did not make my stomach feel good. But I think it yeah. was when we were out. It's usually, for, yeah, if I get like a like a bottle form, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm usually fine. I, I don't remember having any issues, but if I get a carbonated fountain-style drink from somewhere, every other time, it seems, it gives my stomach issues mm-hmm. or it gives my insides some kind of issues. So Now, I know I don't have an issue with, like, Mountain Dew and Baja Blast from Taco Bell, but it's more, and I don't know if there's a difference, but the darker sodas. Yeah. Um, like. That's, yeah. Dr. Yeah. Pepper and I don't think Coke might have done it a couple of times. But Dr. Pepper was a big one because I was like, oh, man, Mike would be so disappointed in me right now, but I'm not feeling this. Hey, man. It is what it is. <laughs> Question for you, Chris. Yeah. Do you like tea? Sweet tea, yes. Okay. Have you ever had lemon in your tea? Yes. Have you ever had lime in your tea? No. Give that a try someday. Give me a report back and let me know what you think. So I was okay. in Puerto Rico. I was on assignment. I don't know. This is probably two, three years ago. I forget the first time the Air Force sent me. And I chose myself to be as de- a designated driver one of the nights that me and all the guys went out and about. Yeah. When they went to a bar. Of co- I mean, that's every other fucking building in Puerto Rico is a bar. <laughs> but we Anywhere stopped they at a bar. members are. Right. So we stopped at this bar. They all, you know, we all... All pulled in, all had a good time, ordered some good food, had some good stories, some good laughs, and met, you know, I mean, most of us didn't know each other, didn't work with each other, so it was, uh, it was all, the whole trip was a good bonding thing for everybody. But, so I'm sitting at this table, and of course, you're, I mean, everybody wants to drink when you're in Puerto Rico. Everybody wants you to drink and party. It's a nonstop party place, party, 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 drink, 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 woohoo, have a good time. Well, when everybody's making the rounds, you know, uh, they come to me, and I'm like, I'll, I'll just have a sweet tea. And he's like, oh, yeah, come on, you got to have something to drink. And I'm like, nah, I'm the, I'm the DD. And he's like, that's good on you, man. I appreciate that. That's, it's really nice of you to do that. What is there something else you want besides sweet tea? And I was like, nah, I'm just in a sweet tea mood. No, this is going to match up the food I'm getting. Mama. He goes, I got you. I'm going to get you something. I was like, all right, well, don't put no alcohol. I said, no, 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 no. Just trust me on this one. And he made a sweet tea, but he put like a a half of a lime of juice in it, swirled it up, mixed it up over half half a bit of ice, gave it to me. Didn't tell me, did it? Just had me try it. He said, "Try it out." And when I put it to my nose, I was like, "Ah, it's lemon." He goes, "Ah, ah," and I tried it. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I ate my food that night, but I think I put more glasses of sweet tea and lime away than they did drinks. Wow. I had like five glasses. I'm talking full glasses of this shit. And that's all it was, was sweet tea and lime. Mm-hmm. He's like, you've never had this? I'm like, no. He's like, you'd be surprised how many people in the States don't have this. But here in Puerto Rico, sweet tea with lime is as sweet tea and lemon is for you guys in the States. This is what we do. So I loved it. I'll give it a shot. Like, so now everywhere I go, when she gets unsweet tea, I'll get sweet tea with lime. And that <laughs> I, I, 
it kind of puts me in that position where I'm kind of being a dick sometimes. No, I, I, no, let me rephrase that. It puts me in a position where I could be a dick because they'll either won't bring me the limes or they bring me lemons because we're used to bringing lemons. Surely they it's, misheard you. Yeah, they just mishear me, so <laughs> they get it right. and they, I've twigged many people onto it, and they like it, so cool. Chris, I want to do a public service announcement before we move across from foods to okay. whatever else we want to talk about. So, as I, as I said, and as you know, I was a server for seven and a half, close to eight years of my life. It's how I paid my bills. It's how I made my living. It wasn't the greatest thing since sliced bread. Didn't require a college degree. It was something that was supposed to pay my way, pay my bills while I was in college, and then life just worked the way it was, and I kept being a server. As such, over time, I've picked up a lot of information. I had a lot of great stories, met a lot of good people, met a lot of bad people. It's customer service. What do you want? But I do want to throw a public service announcement for anybody, this is you and any guys and gals out there that are curious about tipping. I'm not going to explain tipping. I don't think I have to. If you're in the United States, you should know what you should be tipping. I'm going to tell you right now, a server literally lives off tips. If you're not already tipping 15 to 20%, it's either one, because they didn't give you shit service, two, they don't deserve it because they gave you shit service, or three, you're just a cheapskate fuck and you don't need to be going out to eat. I, I, this, this is a great thing about this being our podcast. I can say what the fuck I want to. If you go to a restaurant and you're not tipping more than 10 to 15, somewhere in the 15 to 20% range, you have no fucking business going out to eat. You can fight me on this all you want. Come at me, bruh. I'm here for you. What I will say, though, is there's a big question mark when you when it comes to should I or should I not tip at a place if I'm getting it to go, mm-hmm. if I'm getting something for takeout. And I'm here to explain to you and try to make this real simple and lay this all to rest. If you go to a establishment or you call into a business and you say, I'm getting an order to go, you place your order, you go to that place and you pick it up. The question is, there's a tip bar there, should I tip? Here's how you know. Number one, you need to find out the job of the person who took your order. That is very, very, very important. If you go to a business to get a takeout order, and the person that's that's taking your order is a designated to-go person, that means that that person on that shift, maybe not hired as, but on that shift, is working a regular waged job. They are there that day on that shift of four, five, six, whatever hours, as a to-go station person. That means from the time they get there to the time they leave, all they are doing is to-go orders. Now, yeah, they may be doing some side work like washing dishes or cleaning tables if need be or whatever, but primarily they're there as a to-go person. That person is making minimum wage or more. You do not need to tip them. You can if you want to. If you feel like they've somehow gone above and beyond the call of duty for your your to-go order, by all means, tip them. Now, going above and beyond the call of duty for a to-go order is not, oh, I have this food that requires silverware. They put silverware in there. 
oh, I have this food that has French fries. They put ketchup in there. If they are to-go person, they are the person there responsible for getting all your extras in there, period. It's also if I get there and I say, hey, you did give me ranch. Can I get an extra ranch? That is not tip-worthy. They are there to make sure your to-go order is perfect the way you want it. Now, if you are adding things and adding things and adding things and making this person go back and forth and you're putting extra work on them, tip how you tip if you want to. But a minimum wage person working that job as a to-go person, as in they are not working as a server on the side, as in they are not a manager, I mean, uh, you know, they're not something else besides that, does not require tipping. A prime example is... Uh, I think for a while, uh, Chili's. Nah, let's not use Chili's. I think sometimes they bounce servers. It's it's a matter of if they are there strictly as a to-go person. Mm -hmm. This is very important because if you call into a place or go to a place to pick up a a to-go order and that person that took your order is a server there that day working as a server, you should tip them. And you should tip them, motherfuckers, just like you tip them if they you were there sitting down having a meal. Well, why do you say that? Because a server at any given point can have three to five to six to seven different tables with anywhere from two to eight people at a given time that they are dealing with. They are already working their job. They are already performing their service as a server, and they are living off of their tips. They are making $2.13 an hour, and you, Dick Four, call up there, and you have to interrupt their service. You You have to stop what they're doing. They have to take your order over the phone. They have to put it in. They have to prep it. They have to make sure it's perfect. You are basically becoming a another, you're becoming another table. So if their job that day is a server and they are there working as a server and they as a server took your order, you should be tipping them just like you would if you were there at the restaurant eating, which should be 15 to 20% or more or whatever. It's very important that you know that. If their job is a salary job, don't tip them. You don't have to because they're making minimum wage at least. If they are a server, they are making the two fifteen or three twelve or whatever a server makes today an hour, and they are living off their tips. So you coming in, getting food, and leaving, you basically you just didn't tip them. You basically ate there and did not tip them. That's shitty. So that's a that's just a little inside PSA for people that are curious about why I should tip. How much you should tip? Again, it, it's just the way the service works. It's it should be fifteen to twenty, and that's that's coming from a guy who's lived there. It's coming from a guy who lived off of it. That's that's the way it is. Your tipping below that should always be a reflection on the server. On the server, you go to Ruby Tuesdays. Your server is a a, a average. He is a just plain old average guy, but he gets your refills, he gets your food, he doesn't miss shit, he brings you silverware, he takes care of you, but your food is absolute garbage, your food is shitty, you don't like the way the steak tastes, the salad had rotten tomatoes in it, Uh, the ranch was not quality you like, 
the soda you was one it was out blah 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 you don't you don't reflect that on the server it's not the server's fault the server didn't cook your fucking food the server didn't make the ingredients the server didn't do he can quality check things and maybe that's where you can hit him up on but I gotta stop Chris before I go on a tirade <laughs> you know I'm sorry. As somebody who's lived this life for a while, I know all the ins and outs. Yeah. And, I, I think it's yeah. a pretty crappy system. I think it is. It should just be don't tip, you know, just have normal wages for these people. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an odd system when you really sit down and think about it because if they have a slow day, they're screwed. Yep. But they're still spending the same amount of time there. Sure, maybe a little less effort, but Really? It's kind of yeah. a poor excuse. I mean, I can tell you right now, it's as of this recording, this is recording in December of 2017. December. This is, we're already two to three months into what's known as slow season. Number one, servers are already not coming into work, period, because the restaurant doesn't need them. You know, the, the customer flow in, a, as a whole has shrunk. So not only are servers not working or not able or allowed to work because the managers are not scheduling because they don't need them, but the amount of tables that they have when they do come into work, I mean, they're fighting. This is the cutthroat season. You know, this is the, uh, well, I, I, I want to take your shift or I want to take that table or please load me up with as many tables as you can because I'm trying to pay my bills with these shitty people's money. Right. And God bless you to all those that tip the proper amount and more. That's all. That's all we. That's all we ask. <laughs> if we do a fucking good job, please tip. But that that public PSA is a good thing for people because I know it's a big point of con- it's 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 a it's a weird feeling when you go somewhere and pick up a to go order and they're like, all right, I just need you to sign this paper, and then when you sign the paper, there's that tip line, and you're like, uh, I didn't even know this place. Do, do, do people tip here? Should I tip? What should I tip? I mean, it's very simple. Oh, and a third PSA, a third uh, attachment to that. If this place, uh, it doesn't have to just be a server, okay? If if it's a manager taking your your order and you can clearly tell a manager did all the work, you shouldn't be tipping a manager. Why would you do that? He's, he's, he, they're not going to divvy that money between the servers. I can tell you right now. That manager that made $36,000 a year just pocketed your $15. Way to be a dick. But if it doesn't have to just be a server, if it's a bartender, like again, the, uh, the restaurant that has my favorite burger to date, uh, mugshots, usually when I go, it's late at night. It's, you know, right before closing or close to closing. And it's usually a bartender that takes my order, that gets my order prepped, pays me out and everything. That's a bartender. Okay, a bartender as well makes their money off of tips. Well, maybe not all their money. I don't, I'm not a bartender. I don't know if they make wage or not, but if I go to a bar, no matter what I do with a bartender, I'm tipping a bartender. So I usually try to make, I usually try to give them a tip. And usually they're pretty friendly and pretty nice and make sure your shit's taken care of anyway, so, eh. Yeah. So. Uh, what, Chris. But before we get off the uh, tip topic, what do you think about Subway when they have a tip jar out? Have you uh, ever seen that down there? I have. 
And I know my wife has come home. She came home a few times saying it's not much. I mean, I, as far as I understand, they all split the tips. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's 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 not much. She, she one time she came home with like seven bucks. That means that the seven that's seven fourteen twenty twenty eight thirty five. That's thirty five bucks total throughout an entire shift. That's that's not a lot. It's not expected. No. Um. I think that is a strictly if you feel the need to. Anytime anybody has a tip jar out, I mean, it's strictly if you want to. A lot of sushi, uh, if you go to sushi restaurants, mm-hmm. uh, we have a couple hibachi-style restaurants down here that have a, an addition to, they have a sushi bar, or that their sushi is made at a place, and they have a tip jar. It's, I, I have been on the impression it's customary. Uh, guys and gals in the audience, let me know if it's an American restaurant in America and they have a sushi attachment, whether it's a bar setup or just where they make sushi, period. Is it customary to tip them? Is it, like, expected to tip them? I usually always do because, fucking, my sushi's bomb awesome and I haven't had a bad one yet. But. I don't like sushi. Oh, man, Chris, you just. <laughs> This is my impression of Chris before we record a podcast. I wonder how many daggers I can heat up <laughs> to just stab right in his face and uh, make him. You don't like sushi. Nope. When is the last time you've had sushi? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh-huh. But it was so, one of those experiences I didn't care to repeat. It's a texture thing, I think, mostly. The next time you come down here and we go eat somewhere, we're getting sushi. Oh, God. You're going to let me pick the sushi out. And, hey, it's going to be all good, bruh, because if you don't like it, I'll just eat the fucking sushi myself. (laughs) That is a win-win in my book. Either you like it and you find some sushi you like or you don't, and I get more sushi. It's okay. But as far as Subway specifically, mm-hmm. I've it's been rare, and even if I've done, I think I've only dropped a dollar or two in the jar. It's not expected. It's not customary. It's it's never been looked at like you should. Mm-hmm. It's more like like that. The time that I went, they didn't have a tip jar that I saw at that the Subway where the girl made my four and a half minute girl. Yeah. Uh, but I would have I would have dropped in like mm-hmm. man, fucking thank you. But I still went out of my way to make sure she got acknowledged. Yeah. I I mean, I guess if they make your sandwich perfectly the exact way you want and no mistakes, and it, I don't yeah, know. See, I don't carry cash <laughs> on me anyway. So if it's not on the receipt, they're not likely to get a tip. Unless I know I'm going to go there ahead of time. And like uh, Sonic, I don't think they put their thing. They don't give you receipts to sign. They just do the swiping and you're done. So I'll you know have cash ready for that. Um, this this will be another thing where uh, our audience please chime in because I I'd love to know I'd love to know different places around if you have worked at Sonic or you know somebody that works in Sonic then you have a you have an insider. In 2017, rolling into 2018, what is the new standard for tipping at Sonic? And I asked this for a very important reason. My mom used to work at Sonic back in the day. And I'm talking way back in the day, like years and like decades ago. That was one of her first jobs. And that was the thing. 
you know, just like servers today make money off of their tips, she mm-hmm. made her money off of tips back then. So it was ingrained in me over time to where even to this day I will tip at Sonic. But from what I've heard through the grapevine, from what I've heard, I've heard it actually out of a couple of uh, car hops mouths when they brought it to me and I and I brought up the tip. They they say, oh, we make money now. I think <laughs> that they make an actual wage now. Yeah, I think. I so mean, not too. not saying that they never did. I don't know. I don't know the situation. I've never worked at Sonic before, and the only person I've had was my mom, and that was so long ago. It might not even matter to me. Yeah, my sister did, but that was fifteen years ago. But she yeah. she lived off tips. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm assuming that now they just make a wage and, you know, your tipping is just going to be flat out extra. So. Yeah. They don't they don't even wait around long enough. I, I remember one day I had, you know, my money sitting on the console next to me. But I took my food. I put the drinks in the drink holder. I took the straws or whatever she was handing to me. And I was like, all right. And she walked away before I could even give her the money. She was not concerned Aww. in the least. I'm like. Okay, I was going to tip, but okay. Did she even give you a thank you or have a good day? I mean, yeah, she wasn't rude about it, but she was just on her yeah. way, you know? Gotcha. Hey, man, she's on a skate. She got, she got oh, yeah. places to be. She got shit to do. She ain't got time for your tip. <laughs> and now that they have Here's the a... uh, drive through line, too. Yeah. And I think once they also once they incorporated the pay with a card thing, you know? Yeah. So. Trying to think of any other tip-related things. <laughs> I mean, I, dude, I could do an entire podcast, and I'm talking an entire three-plus-hour session of just talking about serving and tipping, but mm-hmm. not going to do that. It's not what we're here for today. Um, Before we roll into the weeks, any... Chris, did we do another perfect podcast last time, or do we have any well actually? I don't think we have any well actually. So we just have more to talk about and what we've been doing because we kind of forgot a couple things. That's fine. Well, then we're just gonna we're just gonna just gonna. That, that's me checking. Yep. No, that's more like a mini shotgun. <laughs> that's that's me checking it's off a double uh, check. Epi- yeah, that's me checking off episode twenty as another perfect can't contest us we did we said everything correct podcast 21 was it 21 this is 21 this is 21 yeah yes. yeah so last episode 20 oh yeah gotcha gotcha my yeah, mistake yeah, there. yeah yeah that's okay it happens i'll forgive you this time because <laughs> you almost cost us a well actually just then but we hey hey we caught it audience we caught it before you did so as ever we're just gonna roll in perfection chris what you've been up to this week bruh so, before I get into the plethora of games, I did watch movies over the Thanksgiving break. Um, there was actually the Harry Potter marathon on all weekend, so we watched all those movies. Um, have you seen Harry Potter? Okay. I'm deciding how I want to answer this question uh, because. Oh, okay. I have seen them, but I've only seen all of them once, and I, oh God. That's all right. If my wife, my wife's going to hear this and be, <sighs> because <laughs> I, I don't, I don't remember much about them. I, I don't have that history with Harry Potter okay. like her, or many people do. I didn't read the books, and the movies were okay, but yeah, I, I, I've seen them all. 
of course, but I've only seen them once. Okay. Yeah, so I had seen them all except for the last one, which was the second half of the uh, Half-Blood Prince. Or not Half-Blood Prince, uh, Deathly Hollow, sorry. Um, the half got me confused because I was talking about halves. Uh, but yeah, so I'd seen them all except the last one, so we just watched all of them. I think we started on the second one because the first one was already over before I knew it was on. Right. But that's what we did on the uh, the Saturday we were up. No, it was Saturdays when we drove back. So on the drive back, I had a sling up on my phone on my dash so I could listen to it and they could watch it while we were driving down. Um, and then Sunday, it was on TV all day long. I had it up playing. So I technically watched seven movies. Uh, that counts. Yeah. I've read all the books. Um, I'm a rather huge Harry Potter fan, and the kids are now, so that's nice. Um, I bought my daughter the box set uh, last Christmas because she had read, She bought, they had the school library thing, so she had read the first three, I think, and mm-hmm. I, I got her the box set for Christmas so she'd be able to read her own copy instead of having to check it out from school and she could get something different for then and then read Harry Potter at home. Right. Um, she had a Harry Potter themed birthday. So nice. It was nice. Um, but yeah, so watching those is pretty awesome. I Before you before you roll into more movies, give me your how do you feel about the movie adaptations and take all the time you need. Um the <laughs> I do have a couple issues with the movies. Mainly, the biggest thing that annoyed me was the whole flying around smoke trail thing. Because that's not how apparition works. Um, it's teleportation. It's not, hey, fly this cloud of stuff where we're going. And right. I, I've read the books more than once. Mm. And I don't recall ever any mention of this smoky trail thing. Other than, you know, like, Voldemort's spirit thing that he, in the first book or whatever. Um, mm. Other than that, that never happens. So when they're in this huge fight scene and all these clouds of different color, you know, black and white smoke, black for the bad guys, white for the good guys, because that's how it works, you know? Yeah. that That's not a thing. <laughs> so that was my biggest issue I had with the movies, was that alone. Because it didn't ju- it didn't really happen until... The fourth one, I believe it is. See, that's very forgiving or odd to me because I would think that... Are there not big plot arc issues between the movie and the and the, the books? I would think one of those may be a point of contention unless they just did them all, right? It's, I probably am more forgiving than a lot of people are as far as plots go. Um, yeah. I think I, we talked about Game of Thrones. And, you know, that was... I didn't really have any issues with the plot changes they made. They were obvious, and especially once we get into the era of no books to be based on, it kind of makes sense mm-hmm. when you're going that way. But with the Harry yeah. Potter stuff, I I didn't really have any huge issues. It was more technical lore type things, <laughs> like the yeah. smoke apparition stuff. But I yeah. uh, No, I didn't really have any huge issues. It, it, was, a, it was kind of... One thing is that a lot of stuff was left out, which of course happens, but mm-hmm. there were, I can't think of any offhand, but I know that there was a couple situations where I was like, 
man, I really wish they talked more about X. Or that was a really odd transition from that to that. You know, there was yeah. more in between, which would make it made it make more sense. <laughs> Um, but overall, I don't have any issues with it. You know, I enjoy the movies. Cool. Good enough. And that's it for me for movies. Um, okay. I, I had fully intended to go through your list that you posted for me and watch uh-huh. at least one of them. But I have mm-hmm. been playing games so much, I haven't had a chance to. Oh, boy. Um, so, jumping into games, do you remember... A PlayStation game called Azura Dreams. Azura Dreams. Yeah, you, it yes. was climbing the tower. You had the monster that could talk, and you you raised monsters or whatever that you found in the tower to fight with, or some other something like that. Um, I remember the. I think the cover was like a a red haired dude. Yep, exactly. Had a tower or something. Yep. So that was the premise. You had to climb the top of the tower. His dad disappeared in there one day. He's going in at the age of 15. You know, he's a man now or whatever. And uh-huh. he's, you know, doing his adventure, climbing the tower. I enjoyed the game. Never beat it, but, you know, that's the trend from back then. I played a lot of games I didn't beat. Yeah. But then, so you remember how I was talking about how I downloaded this game called Tower of Babel? Was, or I bought it. I didn't download it. While I was waiting on Odyssey to uh, download and install I finally played it. And the reason I bought this game was because the description, and going back and reading the description now, I don't know why, but the description made me go back and think about Azure Dreams. I was like, okay, climbing a tower, fighting monsters. Okay, cool. You know, five bucks sounds like a decent time waster. Mm -hmm. That is the worst five bucks I think I've ever spent on a game. (laughs) All it is, it's a runner. You climb the outside of the towers running, that's it. You collect gems as you go. It's basically a not even good phone game where you're just running around the outside of the tower. You hit jump or you duck, you know, and then on the advanced towers, you can go left and right because there's more than one lane to run in. That was it. You collect the gems. You get to the top of the tower. I'm like, okay, fair enough. You collect the gems. You get to the top of the tower. All right, something's cool going to happen. They're like, yeah, you got enough gems. All right, now run back down because the tower is just being destroyed, even though it's fine mm-hmm. afterwards, whatever. So it's like, all right, run back down. So, okay, I run down. Okay, on to the next tower. It's the same thing. They just start adding new <laughs> mechanics to the jumping and dodging, and, you know, I'm like, okay. So I I beat the second tower. I'm like, all right, maybe there's, this is the initial phase. All right, I get to the third tower. Same thing. I'm like, okay. I beat the third tower. I'm like, I'm done with this, because on the screen, and I'll get into the, UI stuff in a second, but on the screen there were three towers, and I was on the third and I beat. I was like, okay, let's move on. Maybe there's something else. There's three more towers. I was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> and out of curiosity, I went back to the leaderboards. And you know how leaderboards and games work. They're always full of ridiculous cheating type scores and whatnot almost yeah. all the time. Yeah. So on the first tower, my time, I was ranked fifth. I only did one try. You were the you were the fifth ranked sucker. There were only eight people on the leaderboard, and I still need to go back and check and see if the names are the same on all the leaderboards I looked at. If they're the same eight names, myself included. You, you need to get yourself um, off that board. Yeah, you right. Just, you need to disassociate yourself from that board. So boy. on the first one, I was fifth. 
on the second and third one, I was third. This is so shit. I was like, my God, that shows how few people played this set. My first playthrough on each tower, which wasn't good. I wasn't that good that I was some awesome, you know, run up this tower guy. <laughs> I did awful on a lot of them, actually. I died several times um, before I made it up. I was not fast by any means. You and I was fifth and third. Group. Man, I turned that game off so fast. Now, I, this this raises a question. Sorry to interrupt you. This raises a good question. So this is this an app? No, this is a game on the Switch. Oh, oh, oh. Well, never mind. You're fucked. <laughs> I was gonna say this would lead this this would lend credence into a full blown conversation about getting refunds for games because you're not happy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I get you pop the seal. You're fucked. Yeah. It's, we should have a discussion about that one day. We should. Sure. Um, let me just make a note of that. I'll throw it on our new yeah, spreadsheet. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> um, yeah, so... And the only reason I played that was because I was actually going to lay down in bed. So I wouldn't be able to stream anything. And I was at the point where on uh, Mario plus Rado, uh, Rabbids, I was streaming all of my play on that. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to go back to Odyssey yet. I don't want to do that until after I finish Rabbits. Mm-hmm. So I was going down, lay down in bed, and I took the Switch with me. And I was like, all right, I'll finally load up this Tower of Babel game, see what I paid my five bucks for. I ended up, you know, putting the Switch down and reading on my phone instead. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the only reason I hopped into it, and it'll be uninstalled soon. Um, <laughs> man. So... Ooh. What was? Do you think this? Who was this game targeted for? I don't know. Like, is this is this a kid? Do you think kids? I don't think so. Out of this? I don't think oh, so. Wow. I think it's I think it's above that kid difficulty curve. I think yeah. it's a little too hard for kids, um, and the the theme of it may be okay for kids, but maybe brighten it up a little bit, and then it'd be okay. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Let's see, I actually have the description up on my screen because I, I actually went back and pulled the description up because I was like, all right, what made me think this was going to be like Zero Dreams? And its, cat, its genre, according to this, is platformer, action, arcade, adventure. That's not what I got. Yeah. It actually, I don't think has the rating on it. Or it's E for everyone. So um, that's the only thing I see on here, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that was very disappointing. Um, speaking of disappointment, Assassin's Creed Origins. They released. Really? They released the next god in the Trial of the Gods thing, Sekhmet. Mm-hmm. Again, same thing. The fight was almost identical to the first one. Now the second one, I- I've seen. I now see the pattern and can clearly define it. It is. There is one attack, energy type attack that shoots out that you must dodge. And mm-hmm. the first one, they're dogs. They have a little glowy path on the ground that you can clearly see where they're going to go, so you just have to avoid them. Now, they're not real mm-hmm. dogs. They're, you know, uh, spectral dog type things. It's not like a normal enemy you fight. Um, yeah. They just shoot across the screen. You have to dodge or you get damaged. Um, and the second one, 
it was a the second was a little bit different but there was a arrow attack and then there was an energy wave attack um, and then the third one it was just some sort of energy thing I think um, but either way there was something you know you had a dodge that was coming at you uh, yeah. the other attack is an AOE so in one of them it was meteor type things flying from the sky and there'd be red ground you know red indicators on the ground that you had to avoid this last one it was a bigger area one big circle of fire that came up and you had to get out of before it lit um, so they all have that kind of theme and then there was at I think it's every 25% damage they will summon enemies that you have to physically fight and then the other pattern starts up while you're fighting so you have to dodge and fight but all the yeah. whole time your target is to shoot this glowy thing on their chest that's how you do damage to them they also take damage when you kill the physical enemies so that helps you do more damage to them um, but again nothing really new this is the third quote-unquote god I'm fighting, and they're jokes. Because I'm using the same exact strategy I did on the first one. I didn't die a single time. I spent like six minutes playing Assassin's Creed Origins to win this fight. I loaded it up. I went to the place the marker told me to. I still had my gear equipped from the last one because I haven't played in between. Went in, beat the fight, turned it off. <laughs> I'm fighting gods, and I don't want to fight gods because it's so boring. Why yes. Why would you do that? That is so fucking sad to hear you say something like that. I'm fighting gods, and it's boring me. Exactly. You don't see God of War? It's not boring when you fight gods. Nope, and not, not even the fucking mediocre gods. That always... I always loved that when I was playing God of War. I'm like, all right, so he, this is not a fucking... This isn't Ares. This isn't a... You know, twenty foot tall giant thing. This isn't a monster with fucking three heads. It's just a god, and that god proceeds to kick your fucking ass yeah. because it's a god. <laughs> yeah, and the loot I've gotten so far. This one gave a shield, which is fairly useful because it has the one where I don't know if I talked about this or not, but the shield I use is one where it puts them to sleep sometimes when you block. Which is amusing when you have a crowd of enemies coming at you. You just put your shield up, and then they all swing at you and hit your shield, and then two or three of them will fall asleep. It's like, okay, now I'm going to murder you. Um, <laughs> it's just hilarious. So that's what I use. So if the physical guys overwhelm me, which during the god fight they can uh, go to sleep, they're not immune to the effect. As far as mm -hmm. I know, no enemies are immune to these effects. Um, some of them just may take less damage from like the poison and whatnot. They all, the effect applies to all of them, I think, just in different amounts. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the this one gave a sleep on block shield that's one point better in defense than what I had. So technically it was useful. But that was it. Um, uh, I played more Mario plus Rabbids. I finished Worlds 2 and 3 which there are four that I'm aware of. Uh, at least that's what the little hub map thing, you have four entrances to worlds. I don't know if there's another one that, you know, will open up and, excuse me, now you'll be transported to or something like that. But uh, I've beaten two more, and it's definitely gotten harder. Um, I'm having to think more about strategy and 
the first world, I didn't have a whole lot of issues, and I got pretty much all the side stuff. But I wanted to get through the game a little bit faster, so I stopped doing side stuff. And that's actually a bit of a mistake. Because you unlock better weapons from side and hidden stuff. So going back, even after I beat World 2, going back... Because at the end of the world, you get some sort of ability that lets you manipulate the world in a different way. Um, like the first one, or, you know, you can move blocks. Like in Zelda with, you know, strength gloves or any other game with something like that where, oh, now I have something that lets me push this block out of the way. And then you can go back and unlock areas that were previously inaccessible because you needed that perk or that ability. Mm-hmm. So it's actually better once you get the ability to go back through the entire thing and do those. Um, there are also challenges you can do, but those only give you more coins, which isn't bad, but it's not an amount that really makes a difference. So I wish they would do something different with the points, um, or not the points, but the challenges. If they would give you more um, skill points, I can't think of what the little orbs are called, skill power, you have you can skill up your people. Yeah. Um, and one thing while I'm on topic of skilling up, I didn't, I mean, I realized it, but I hadn't actually done it, but you can re-roll your skills at any time. It will give oh, you shit. a full refund of all your points you've spent and then you can divvy them out however you want and then you can change it back to however you want afterwards. There's no cooldown, no, you know, 10% point loss or something like that to punish you for using it. It's just like, Hey, you want to change your skills? Change them. So I had this, you know, escort mission where I escort towed the little shit. And I, uh, Luigi has this ability that gives people more moves, uh, two more tiles they can move that turn. So I was just short of where I needed to be on, because it was a timed or a, uh, a turn limit on the challenge. Mm-hmm. So I respect Luigi, put all my points I could into that ability to where instead of only giving one more step, it gave two and then it cooled down, you know, in two turns versus three or something like that. So I could use it more often and it was better and that's it. And I beat it, you know, because I did that and then it's not a useful ability in the normal missions. Not all, sometimes it is, but not usually. So I could just respect back and I'm now back into my, you know, focused on damage dealing Luigi. (laughs) It's worth it then. Yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty awesome that they did that. And, you know, it's one of those things that it's a side effect of being, you know, four kids type game. They're going to be a little mm-hmm. easier on you than a lot of the other games you would play that are this type. Um, yeah. There's actually a easy mode, which I haven't done. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the later missions, I actually thought about it because I was like, I am uh, so tired of this fight. Or something like yeah. that. It's usually stupid mistakes, but um, yeah. I don't know what it does. I don't know if it just gives you more health or what, but whenever you start a mission, briefly it pops up, press Y for easy or something like that. Um, I haven't done it. I meant to look it up before I talked about it so I could actually you know, explain what it does, but I didn't. Shame on me. Um, but I haven't been that desperate that I felt I needed to do it. The game's winnable. There's nothing where it's like, oh, that was garbage. It's like... Okay, that was a dumb thing. I had, and there's no confirmation on moves. So when I was doing one of the challenges, my first move was to move Peach over to this, you know, 
uh, pipe to go through and I click next to the pipe instead of the entrance. So that completely screwed up. So all right, all right pause, restart the mission or restart the fight. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of stupid mistakes that cause issues in this game. It's not overly difficult. Even now when I'm saying, you know, I need more strategy, it's gotten harder. It's not, it, it's just a little bit more thought into it. It's not like mechanically harder, so to speak. It's just, you have to think about it a little bit more. Um, yeah. but I'm still enjoying the game. Um, I like the tile-based strategy. I am getting a little annoyed at all the running around I have to do to find everything, which it is what it is, you know. I And I was trying to think of a better way to describe that, and I think it's what I came down to is that the puzzles take too long to complete. Not to figure mm. out, but to complete. It's like, all right, I recognize that this puzzle, I have to hit these switches in a certain order. All right, mm. this is the order I need to do it in. Well... Even though I know the order, I have to, okay, hit this one, then I have to run across the map, hit the next one, run all the way back across the map, hit the next one, all the way back across the map, hit that one. You know, it's kind of... It's tedious. Yeah, it's very, very tedious. And that's kind of getting to me a little bit, which is why I didn't go back and do all the side stuff. Um, One tip for anyone that has Amiibos... Because, and I haven't done them in Odyssey, but Mario Plus Rabbids also has Amiibo support. First of all, it's only the main, quote-unquote, main Mario characters that matter. Mm-hmm. It's Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Yoshi, I believe. Those are the mm-hmm. only four Amiibos that will work. Different types of Marios will work. Like, I use Dr. Mario for my Mario. Um, that's fine. But Bowser wasn't anything. I was like, really? Bowser's not? Um, so there's only ones that help and they only, un- they unlock weapons, of course, but they're early on weapons. So yeah. if you're going to use Amiibos for it to unlock the stuff, do it at the very beginning or it's not going to be useful. Yeah. They're like barely, barely, I think they're, so I bought the pack that gave me the expansion and stuff cause there's going to be DLC or whatever. So my DLC bet weapons were better than the ones that the Amiibos unlock. So that's just yeah. kind of a threshold. The um, DLC weapons weren't bad. I nice. think I got through, they're like three tiers up, um, mm-hmm. which it's not the first world, you know, puts you at, I think, the equivalent or something yeah, like that. but still. But it's a really good help at the start. Um. But yeah, so use your Amiibos early if you actually want them to be useful and you're not just doing it to collect everything. Um, like I said, I haven't done it in Odyssey yet. I do. I have heard that Bowser lets you find the level-specific coins easier, the uh, tokens or whatever they are to buy, use it in the shop mm-hmm. to buy the area-specific costumes and items. I think Bowser highlights them somehow or something. I don't know. I've just heard that. I don't know what anybody else does. And I kind of want to look at a list of their effects before I even put one on my game. Just so I make sure it doesn't interfere with how I want to play the game, you know? Because I don't mind a little bit help like the Bowser one. I'd probably be okay with that. Because they're not usually super hidden. It's just like, oh, if I'd walk around this rock I was next to, they're right there. Um, It's not like it's, oh, this is intricate puzzle to find them. Not usually. There's every once in a while it's like, okay, if I do this and this and then it'll unlock the coins or something, but it's usually just 
Now it's on the other side of that rock or wall or, you know, underneath this overhang, which once you realize that's where they're putting them, it's not difficult to figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's Mario plus rabbits. Um, if you had if you mm-hmm. had a, a number, about how far do you, into Mario plus rabbits do you think you are? I finished World 3, so I'd say 75%. Not cool. not counting side stuff necessarily. Right. If I right, count right, side right. stuff, I'm probably three percent, fifty percent, because I did do pretty much everything I can do in the first area. I'm missing one stupid chest. I realized mm-hmm. after I went back. Um. But I may need another ability to get it or something. I don't know, um, because yeah. the World One secrets aren't only dependent on you know the ability you get after you beat World One. After you beat World 2, you get a different ability, and then you can unlock more stuff on World 1. But I don't know if I missed something or if I need, you know, the World 4 one. Because I know the World 4 gives something different, because after I beat 3, I'm still missing something I need that I've seen indicators for. Because um, they have little icons on them. And it's like, oh, you don't know how to do this yet. So. Um, yeah, and I've been kind of taking it slow some by choice some not by choice um, but I haven't felt rushed to complete it and in strategy games like that you typically can't rush too much because rushing tends to right. lead to mistakes right um, the other big thing and I actually completely forgot about this which is kind of terrible when I think about it but Destiny 2's first DLC came out this week um, started <laughs> well. Tuesday um, the general consensus I have from people around the horn about Destiny 2 right now is, yeah, I'm done with it. I have my feel. So, I mean, maybe, maybe it's not too horrible, because, I don't know. Dude, tell me your thoughts on it. All Talk right, so, it. in Destiny 1, and going back to why it's horrible that I didn't even know it, because in Destiny 1, I kept track of when DLC came out. I was like, all right, next mm-hmm. one's September, I'm going to be ready. Because I've you know already hit light, max light at that point, or I hadn't yet, and that was going to be my next opportunity to get a good jump in power. Um, and I, Destiny two, I was like, all right, I hit max light. I didn't check their you know the Bungie news. I didn't check their tweets. I didn't read any articles about Destiny two because I was always reading articles about Destiny. Um, mm. Kotaku and Forbes both have good Destiny people that cover them, good people that cover Destiny. Mm. Um, so I enjoy reading both their articles, even if I don't necessarily care about what they're talking about, but they just write good articles. Um, mm. Paul Tassi is the one on Forbes, I believe. And I can't remember who it is on Kotaku. I think it's a Jason. Um, but yeah, both good, you know, reporters, whatever you want to call them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, Destiny 2, didn't care. About the DLC. I mean, I cared about the DLC, but I didn't care enough to keep track of it. I had no idea when it was coming out. I did watch Destiny, or Bungie did a, some sort of conference thing. I don't know if it was around one of the other ones recently, but they did it, and they were talking about, you know, their seasons and all this stuff they're doing, and the seasonal armors and whatnot. Because with the DLC, I believe was the mark of the second season starting. Mm -hmm. Um, And the seasons are basically your clan 
progress resets. Um, so you work your way back up to the max perks on it. But you also get a special thing for your clan flag uh, that shows, you know, you maxed out clan for season one. So you can show them all off. Uh, it changes your standard, the pull, I think, yeah. or something like that. I didn't really pay much attention to it, but the armor for special events, like Iron Banner, the uh, fairly routine PvP gear, is a completely new skin. I don't know if stats change um, or not. I haven't looked into it that much. Um, but given the level of stats in Destiny <laughs> 2, it probably not. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, Trials gear changes, I believe. I think everything pretty much that has some sort of set like that changes. That's the... Uh, except the raid gear, I guess, because that tends to have a new event associated with it. But anyway, so all this stuff is changing. Um, and they also... And I didn't realize this until I started looking up DLC stuff like Monday when I was like, oh, it's coming out tomorrow? I guess I should, you know, be ready. <laughs> So I started looking up, and they actually had this whole list of changes they were making to the game. And it was based around some of these issues, which is why you know people are like, okay, I'm done, because they have nothing else to do because of how they left stuff off or took stuff away and with the mods and this item or the weapon rolls and armor rolls not being uh, random. You didn't have mm-hmm. you know that perfect roll to grind to and stuff like that. There's no reason to grind in the game at all. Um, yeah. So I look the biggest change they made before I get into anything DLC specific. The biggest change they made that I like is that you can now purchase certain mods and it's supposed to be random each week. So the vendor will have a certain set of mods because normally the way you get mods is you buy random ones and they it gives you random blue mods and then you combine three blues into one purple of the same type. Um, mm-hmm. So you just and buy them over and over. But the one that was really hard to get is the primary weapon mod because mm-hmm. primaries almost never dropped with mods already on them. The armor, you had a fairly good chance of getting one with mods. You didn't even have to buy mods or use one of your mod items if you didn't want to. It often had it on their weapons the same way, except for primary. Now, the vendor this week, and I hope it keeps going, has the primary mods where you can buy them. Now, to get them, you have to break down other mods, which is a very difficult thing for me to do. Because, it's like, all right, most of the mods in one way or another are useful. Mm-hmm. Um, it all depends on your play style. There are certain ones, like changing the element of your gun, that's useful because if I'm going into a fight where... Say it's a nightfall and the modifier is you have to do the same damage as your enemy shield. If they're all void or they're majority void enemies, you want void weapons. And you may not want to switch weapons because that's the way it worked in Destiny 1. It's like, all right, I'll keep three, you know, weapons per slot. So I have a, you know, void, uh, solar and whatever the blue one is, um, arc, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you have one of each weapon for us each slot. So you can go, okay, I need void. I switch to these two weapons. So in Destiny 2, it's nice because you can have this one weapon you want, you know, say you have a rocket launcher you really like. It's void this week. 
your rocket launcher's arc, you're like, all right, I'll put on a void mod, so now it's doing void damage. And you can do that as many times as you want, as long as you have the money to pay for it. Um, and the mods, of course, to apply, because they're consumable, so you don't get them back after you take them off or anything like that. Yeah. So it's really nice in that aspect. Um, that just, you know, makes it harder to figure out which ones to get rid of. So I ended up, you know, okay, I have three of this one. I'll get rid of one of them. So I have two. Um, there are, one of the big ones is for armor. You, you have three different types of energy mods. You have, it recharges your melee energy faster. It recharges your grenade energy faster. Or it does both. So obviously you want the both wherever possible. So if I have both of, and one of them are, you know, the items for both, I can get rid of the individual ones. Or mm -hmm. if it's for a element where I don't care about the melee because I never use it because I'm a hunter and I can never get in stupid range to hit anybody because I get killed first, um, I'll get rid of the melee when I'll keep the grenade one, something like that. Um, but otherwise, it's usually really hard to make a choice on what to get rid of and what to keep. Um, but I did break down enough to where I got two physical mods and was able to add a mod to my favorite weapon, which didn't have one on it. Um, and then a, a secondary weapon as my primary with the mod on it. So if I want to change types, I can. I have a scout rifle and a pulse rifle, both with the mod on it. So it won't reduce my, you know, light level by five for that slot, swapping it out. Um, so I was really happy about that mod change. I haven't... I need to read through the patch notes and see what else they changed. Because I know they have a lot of changes that are planned as well for next week. So it's mm -hmm. kind of, okay, we're going to release the DLC and some of these changes. So, you know, not overwhelming things to the DLC and whatnot. And then next week, we'll release all the other changes. Some of it, you know, I feel it's because <clears throat> it's trying to balance it out to, again, not make it too overwhelming. So it was just they weren't done yet. They're like, hey, we're working on all of these. These are done in time. These will be the next week. And these are ones we're still working on. So they're... And Bungie's always been really good about, you know, community feedback. So they're listening to people. They're recognizing these issues, and they're working to fix them. Well, that's good. Uh, but that's been their whole thing through Destiny, too. I mean, or Destiny as well, is Destiny 1 started out, a lot of people thought it was a piece of shit. Just straight up, this is a bad game. But then by the end of it, people were like, this is what Destiny should have released as. This is a mm -hmm. great game. Everything we want, well, not everything, but... A lot of the stuff we've asked for is now in the game. It is now the game I want to play. Um, yeah. And that's why Destiny 2's release was such a big deal because it's like, okay, they've made all these changes. How much of that are we going to get into? Are we going to start this process over? Is it going to be, you know, this restart? And it's, I don't think they did, but I think a lot of people do. Um because having all this, like I said, they have a list of things that are changing. And I don't think it's that they necessarily backtracked on anything they did for Destiny 1. I think it's just that they tried new stuff that didn't work out. I think that's the problem. And, I mean, it's not to be... It's not unexpected that they try new stuff. But it's just a shame that it didn't work out quite like they wanted it to. Right. Um, Destiny right. 2, though... Hands down, the story is so much times better than Destiny 1. Um, really? Des Destiny 1's story, I don't think anybody gave a crap about it until the last six months of the game's life with one of the DLCs. Let me ask, 
Very important question then. Yeah. How tied? I think I asked this before, and that's okay. We always have first listeners, and I have no memory. So, ha! How tied to Destiny 1 is Destiny 2's story? I think the biggest thing is a lot of references. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like, oh, remember that guy? Yeah, you killed him. Or this is, you know, the Guardian that killed X and Y. Or these are, you know, this race of people you don't know anything about because they were introduced in Destiny 1. You know, oh, these are the Taken? I didn't know these were Taken unless you played the first game. Because they don't do the, oh, these are the people from the darkness, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is where they come from. Mm-hmm. This is their mission. Mm-hmm. This is their purpose in life. These are why they're bad guys. None of that's in there, except for maybe some Cabal lore, because that's what Destiny 2 starts out on, is, you know, fighting against the Cabal. It has a little bit more Cabal lore that you didn't even get in Destiny 1, but you kind of get introduced to them via that, so you don't have that initial introduction, but it's not necessarily a detriment. Um, it definitely helps to at least play through the missions, the story of Destiny 1, but I wouldn't bother with... I probably wouldn't bother with any of the raids. Maybe... Maybe Crota and Oryx. The other ones I don't think have any relevance at all. Um, which is good and bad, you know. Um, it's always good for a sequel to be able to bring in those new players without making them feel like they've lost out on so much. Um, yeah. But Destiny, mm. Destiny 2's story, spot on. Great. This DLC continued with the great story. Um, it, it, I wish there were more cutscenes in the DLC, and, but the dialogue is still good. It's still got the humor they've added in with certain characters. You know, they're pers- they have personality now. Characters aren't just, I mean, they had a little bit of personality in Destiny 1, but not really enough until around that same point when we're talking about the story changed in Destiny 1 with, uh, uh, um, the Taken King. That DLC is where the story completely changed and was actually mm-hmm. worth paying attention to. And the cutscenes were good. The characters, their personality started popping. All this stuff. Destiny mm-hmm. 2 kept going with it. The DLC still going with it. The characters are relatable. They're actually uh people you may or may not agree with. You know, it's like Oh no, he's being a total idiot or something, or you know. But it's not because oh he has stupid dialogue. It's because his character, his opinion on this, isn't what you would agree with. So it's a completely different dynamic than oh they just gave him bad dialogue. Um, yeah. I did, like I said, I wish there were more cutscenes because they do really good cutscenes. They do action well in cutscenes. They do interaction between characters well in cutscenes and I just like I said wish there was more of that it felt a little short on missions um, I'm trying to think if any of the DLCs in Destiny 1 took me more than a day to get through you know the release afternoon or whatever and I don't think mm-hmm. there are so I think it's pretty much in line but yeah I finished the DLC stuff as far as storyline goes in you know Tuesday afternoon and then I began the, okay, now I'm going to work on the grind to get my light level back up to max. Um, let's see. The 
they're supposed to be releasing something that's raid-like. Let me look up specifically what this is called. Um, because it's not a actual raid where you have six people that go through and you have like four to five bosses that you have to fight. Uh, but it is, it is still six man, but it's shorter or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What did they call it? Raid, Raid Lair. It's not really. Raid Lair. Yeah, Raid Lair. So it's not out yet. I don't know. I think it releases tomorrow, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the way they normally do it. It's like, okay, we're going to drop a DLC with the new max level and stuff, but we'll give you a few days to a week before we unlock the raid level activity so that people can, you know, kind of get onto the same level and whatnot and get used to complete the story and get where they want to be gear-wise before they start it. Um, mm-hmm. So let's see. Raid Lair, Raid Lair. Uh, it sounds... Huh. I mean, its description is a lot like a raid is, but it's supposed to be shorter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's because it's not a new area. It's in the same area, but you're doing different puzzles and areas and fighting a different final boss. So it's like a. It sounds like it's a second raid for the main game. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Destiny One's DLC, you would fight a completely different race for that raid. You know, the next one would be uh, Taken or Fallen or whatever. You'd kind of rotate through the enemy races. Um, and this one started with Cabal, and this sounds like it's a Cabal raid la- uh, raid layer, whatever that's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. Which. I wouldn't have any issue with it if it was shorter than the actual raid. But since they mentioned having puzzles and whatnot like the raid, I don't think that's the case. Because just going from, you know, say fight to fight, like in Destiny 1 had Prison of Elders, and literally all it was was waves of enemies followed by a boss. There were no, well, I won't say, no, there weren't any puzzles. It was, then you may have had other objectives, like, oh, while you're killing the enemies, go over here and defuse this bomb. Not a puzzle. You just have to go over there and stand there and not die while the timer ticks down. Um, and then you move on and fight the boss. The bosses get harder as you proceed, you know, based on the level of difficulty. But there was only one boss. Um, I love your shorthand for it. Go over there. Don't die. Yeah. I mean, that, that's all you did. You had to stand in a circle on the ground and stay alive. You didn't have to hold a button on the objective. You didn't have to, you know... Stand on your head and do a dance. You just stood there and stayed alive, um, which typically wasn't hard. There were some, especially once you got into higher levels, where standing there and not dying was hard. Um, you actually had to move around and try to use what little cover you had because it usually exposed, of course. Uh, so you're like hiding around the side of the bomb where you can, or which that most of them were floating now to think about. So you couldn't even hide behind it. You were underneath it. So, um, yeah, so... I wouldn't have minded something like that if they brought it back, reskinned it, and 
you know, reworked it so that it was in line with their new attitude, their new style, the new look and play style they've given Destiny 2 and later on Destiny 1, because Prison of Elders was fairly early on in Destiny 1's life, I believe. It was probably in the first third of it. Um, and I would say the good part of Destiny 1 was the last third. So it was one of the early on mechanics. It wasn't bad by any means. It was a good mechanic, and I didn't mind doing it, um, especially since it was only three people still. So if they made a six-person version and, you know, ramped up the difficulty, I'd probably be okay with that. Um, But it just sounds like this is going to be another raid almost. I'm curious to see what the difference between a raid and a raid lair is. Is it just a word? Is that all they did? (laughs) Um, Really? And I still haven't completed the raid because I haven't felt like it. I started working on it, you know, day one before the strategies were really out. Um, We were going in blind. We didn't want to have strategies anyway, so that was good. And we got stuck on this part. People started leaving as they do, you know, when you have Mm -hmm. a pug group. Um, It... I just felt I didn't it didn't feel good. The raid didn't feel good. The mechanics, some of them were cool, some of them weren't. And it seemed like a lot of work for nothing. Um yeah. because you could hit max light without ever stepping foot in the raid. I did and I've only beat the first boss on the raid. And I was still max light, you know, three weeks after it came out. And it only took me that long because I had to wait on the weekly reset for the powerful engrams. Um, Speaking of, they did add one more powerful engram, which is for heroic strikes. So now I believe there are seven you can get each week, which is a step up from six. Uh, With the raid being one of them, so really I only had five. But I can do the heroic strikes. I don't mind those. So now I'm up to six. That's a little bit more armor each week I can get. Um, the raid lair is the same powerful engram as the raid. So if the raid lair is, I don't want to say easier, but if it's better, I'll do that instead of the raid to get that equipment. Um, I'm not sure how the drops compare between the raid and it. Um, I know the, I believe the, so the regular raid, the original raid had its normal mode and prestige mode. And Prestige Mode didn't do a whole lot. There's really no reason to run it. But now they've bumped up the Prestige Mode for the first raid, or for the original raid, to the new max level. So now it seems like it actually has more of a purpose. You know, it's the original, or the normal mode is 300 power recommended. The hard mode is 330. So now it's got that... um, higher difficulty and higher rewards because if it, the recommended light's 330 then it can drop probably up to 330 gear that makes sense um, yeah so now it has more of a purpose um I'm up to so I was of course max light so I was at 305 when I started playing you they also raise and I don't know I haven't read into it a lot. I really do need to go do more research on this because it's really got me curious. You do have a player level in Destiny. 
along with your power level or light level in the in Destiny One, mm-hmm. and the player level mm-hmm. typically capped at twenty. Oh, that's what it did for when the game released. They upped it to twenty five. Now the only thing I have seen this level matter at all with is that you could not equip any of the new gear until you're level twenty one. So you couldn't raise your level above 305 with mods until you hit level 21 and could equip uh, that gear. Mm-hmm. So far, that's the only thing I've seen that level be good for. Um, technically, it's supposed to make your Guardian stronger overall, do more damage. Um, I don't know how much, though, and that's kind of what's got me curious. Um so I do want to do more research and see why they raised the level like they did. Because they can raise the light level without doing that. They've done it before. They yeah. really only raised the player level when they made big changes. Um, again, I think around Taken King was when they their big raise. Because it went all the way up to 40 in Destiny 1. Um, I'd be curious to go back and see what the increments were for that. And when they did it. And maybe even why. Um so it was a little annoying to get my first piece of gear that would give me more light, and then I couldn't equip it because I wasn't level 21. I was like, I should have seen that coming. Mm. It's not a new thing. It's, But I wasn't expecting it either way. Um, I'm sure hey, I, Chris will have more to report on Destiny 2s, especially the, uh, <laughs> the new raid style in the future, guys. If this shit's coming out tomorrow... You're probably going to hear about that at a minimum on the next podcast, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to keep grinding. I'm at 316 now. Um, The new cap is 335 with mods. I'm 316 with mods. So I'm getting there. Cool. And that's that's it. I mean, I've been trying to play all the different games. I want to go back to Odyssey still, but I didn't touch it at all this week. That's fine. You know. Just, there's no rush. Get, s- savor the fun, you know, <laughs> while it's new. Uh, let's see. I guess we're on my my week. Yep. First off, piece of news. This released a couple days ago. Super, super on my list of shit to talk about. Mega Man motherfucking eleven. Yeah. Got announced. Holy shit. Uh, much like you were talking about, there was Destiny 2 shit that you feel, you know, you should have known about this and you should have been keeping up. There was an entire fucking Mega Man, uh, event going on on Twitch, apparently all day long that day, because, well, this is, uh, the 30th anniversary of Mega Man coming up this year, so that's cool. But, during this event, a trailer got released, and it was completely out of nowhere announced that Mega Man 11, it's not X, you know, X2, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> Mega Man 9, 10, 11 is coming. And I'm sure all of the audience wants to know, since I'm the biggest Mega Man fan in this area code, what my thoughts on this is. Hesitant. <laughs> I'm hesitant for a reason. I've made this claim before. You don't, you don't change what isn't broken. Ah, this looks good. It looks good. But it has such a face 
of Mighty Number no. Nine. It has such a coat of paint of oh, Mighty Number no. Nine that it makes me nervous. Now I know completely different game. This is not Mighty Number no. Nine. It doesn't follow that series. It has nothing to do with Mighty Number no. Nine. I get that. I get that. I get that. But I couldn't help but when think that when I was watching the gameplay. And I know this uh, this footage is much better too. I, I'm I'm not super duper blow my top hyped about it, even though I should be. I have always wanted this style. I've always wanted the 2D Mega Man to move up to a 2.5D or you know a a better looking Mega Man. I want it to control the same. I don't want it to be, you know, fluid and floaty and all that. I want it to control like Mega Man, but look like it should in the new days. This is what Mighty Number no. 9 was supposed to be, and we didn't get it. So the fact that I had that taste of Mighty Number no. 9 in my mouth, every time I go to take a bite of something new Mega Man, I, I, I have that still there. I'm hoping and praying that this is not anything like Mighty Number no. 9, that this is what we've been looking for, but we will see. Uh, a few gripes. One, I am not a fan of Mega Man actually changing his appearance to incorporate his new weapons. Like in the trailer, it shows him using that uh, rock m- move where his hand is a giant. This was concept art for Mighty Number no. 9, if I'm not mistaken. Or it was art that was leaked. It was supposed to be in number nine, but wasn't. Anyway, I'm not a fan of that. I'm old school. Just have Mega Man change his color of his costume. That's that's all I ask. But now he's going to have some physical appearance changes. I'm not a fan. Not saying it's horrible. Not saying it's a deal breaker. It's just I'll have to play it to see if I get over that. I hope the best. Because I love Mega Man, and I've, I, I, I'm eager for this style of Mega Man, but we will see. I will have to wait and see. Right now, I'm just hesitant. I know, it's not that I didn't like the trailer. It's not that I was turning my nose up to it. It was just, mm, eh. So we'll see. Yeah. As far as my week goes, still playing Black Flag. <laughs> I'm still playing it. Predominantly more than any other game. It's taking up a chunk of my time. Um, a couple things I want to talk about last episode that are gripes. I did I did say that there were gripes I had, and I think I brought up like one thing, but mm-hmm. there are two there are two things. Okay. One, it's a technical gripe. I'm playing this on a controller, mm-hmm. and I don't know if the buttons are exactly the same on the keyboard, but I'll go to a mission, a story mission, and that story mission will directly involve me using my ship in a battle, and it will give me a prompt. Now, for those that haven't played Black Flag, you're you're predominantly on a ship, and you're behind your, you know, the 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 steering wheel, the not the mast. What is that shit? What is the controlling wheel of your ship, Chris? I can't think. I can't believe I'm fucking this up right now. Not it's not the mast, is it? I mean the mast I is the the big pole. Uh so this is not that. Oh god. Control wheel of a I mean, ship. Isn't it? 
the steering wheel. Yeah, isn't it, it has isn't a name. It just a sp- I thought it. I mean, oh, steering wheel is what I was thinking, but I was trying to think if there was something else because obviously that's something you know you would have said. So I was like, okay, what else is there? Uh, I just could have swore it had a tip, uh, a, uh, another phrase, a word for it. Anyway, <laughs> you're behind that. In order to come off of that, like if you want to leave your ship for whatever reason, me on my controller, I have to hold down the B button. Okay? If I go into a mission in the game where it is me doing a mission that involves me getting to a battle with another ship or a fleet of ships, it will give me a prompt, hey, you might want to upgrade your ship before you go into this mission. And I will go to press B. It will say press B to start the mission. But I have to press and hold B in order to leave the the mat the the steering wheel. Oh God! I hope there's not a word. For it's that. just called ship's wheel. Okay, the wheel to leave the wheel in order to go do the upgrade. And yes, I I've had to had this happen twice now. But it could just be me fucking it up where I just see that B prompt and instead of actually holding B, I press it and let it go. But I don't like that. I hate that it's like, hey, you should upgrade because I've already had my ass. The last mission I did, I got I had my ass firmly kicked by another ship. And I'm sure if I would have upgraded my ship, it would have been better off. But <laughs> um, I'll try my best the next time this happens to actually press and hold the button down. But I still think technically that's just a that's just off. You shouldn't have that same button there because that's a problem. You, 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 if you just press the button out of instinct or out of habit to start the mission, it doesn't let you upgrade. It just starts the mission. Uh, another issue. I have to get back to that. I'm brain farting now. I did have another big, not big issue, but more of an annoyance that was pissed me off. It might have been something to do with the map. I blew it. I should have took the note. Uh, I'm enjoying the game still. I have a good time with it. I'm progressing through the story. Uh, I'm doing... I, I have now... For reference, I don't know. I think I'm 30% through the main story. I could be wrong. Uh... Strictly narrative speaking, I've there is a very important character that has just passed away, and that's that's where I am. I'm gonna go ahead and say spoiler right now for Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag from henceforth. Okay. You have been warned. Uh, as far as the story goes, Blackbeard just died, mm-hmm. which sucks. Yeah. Because he was a cool character. I'm hoping that there's more iconic pirate-themed characters to come along, but that's where I am in the story right now. And I have just now, just now, gotten to the point where things are getting... They're they're not difficult, they're not hard, but they're getting difficult to the point where I am now going around the world and doing extra shit just to get upgrades. Yeah. So I am now detracting from the main story and just doing the Grand Theft Auto thing of just going out and exploring. 
Yeah. I'm now doing the Breath of the Wild thing where I just go out and explore and just do extra shit that's going to reward me with upgrades and, and stuff like that. Have you even went into any of the... I'm trying to think of what they call them. Um, the hard ship fights? The four special ones? I don't know if I have. I know that when you pull the map all the way up, mm -hmm. you can actually check the different regions, and it'll say this region has easy, this is medium and hard. I'm sure I've been into hard waters, but I don't think I've engaged well, in any yeah, ship Yeah, this is different battles. than that. Um, okay. And I don't think telling you where they're at is really a spoiler. Mm, but there's four of them. I'll leave it at that. Um, they okay. are fights you, I think there's one of them you can do without having, you know, max ship upgrades, <laughs> but I know at least two of the four, you don't want to even humor without them. Um, mm -hmm. unless you want to be really cheesy, which I typically was, and you kind of have to be too with some of them, yeah. even with all the upgrades, like, all right, I have to, I have to play this very carefully and very smartly or I'm going to die. Yeah. They're giant ships, you know, stuff like that. Pretty fun. What I'm really hoping for, I know it's probably not going to happen, because I, I see the tone that this game is taking. Mm -hmm. It'd be nice if it was like a DLC thing. I wish there would be like a Cthulhu thing in the water somewhere. <laughs> I wish there'd be like a like a giant kraken or a giant squid or something. Something fantasy style. Yeah. Hell, even a fucking giant Moby Dick, I'd take that. <laughs> I think it's perfect for this style set. And that, that could be just the Pirates of the Caribbean and me talking, because, you know, he did yeah. face off against a Kraken, so to speak. But I think that'd be cool as shit to have some area of that map be like, yeah, we don't go over there because ships keep coming up missing, and then you go and you, you know, this fucking Kraken And then you come up missing. <laughs> yeah, and then you come up missing. Game desynchronized. Yeah. There's so many things uh, you can do with that. Yeah. There's I the 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 version of this game that I purchased did come with all the DLC. Does any of the DLC in this game ring a bell to you? Like did any of it stand out to you? Uh well, it's been so long to give it a fair shake. Let me look up the DLC names real quick. Okay. While you're doing that, um, I've been backed out to the Abstergo thing a couple more times, and it's still the same thing. And, and again, I just want to stress this. I understand that the, the, the current, the modern setting of that game ties directly into what you're doing in the actual pirate area. I know there's a, like, they're after this, the, this, Relic or whatever the fuck they call it. I get it. It all ties in. But it would be the equivalent of you being in Mario Odyssey and you fucking running around Mario Odyssey and then you have to come to the real world and go work at McDonald's. <laughs> like, it's just... It's, it's so... Uh. And the way that they have the plot going now where... You had this little side side step where there's a technician that wants you to go do something for him, 
and then he wants you to do something later, and he's like, "Hey, this is malicious, but you can't tell on me because I'm a, I I've got you. You're you're like a hacker now, and I could I could just rat on you. So you got to do everything I say now." And I'm like, "Oh my god, are we really doing this? Yeah, they're really doing this. It's so fucking ham-fisted and corny, and it's just, uh, it's." gags me and I cannot wait every time to just get back to that fucking monitor and get back in the actual game. Yeah. You know, I don't know that I know I I'm sure I played them all because I always buy the season pass. But at least one of them I'm wondering if I even touched. Yeah, see, I would think that I'd have to look. I'd have to look and see exactly what the DLC was, but DLC for this game would have been great for like, hey, you ever heard of this pirate? All right, well, here's about seven, eight DLC missions that revolve around this pirate. Mm -hmm. This pirate is making a special appearance in this game. You know, wait, wait for DLC number two, the... Jack Sparrow edition, you know, Jack Sparrow DLC. When I was looking up the actual DLC for this game to, to to see, oh, I don't know, what I actually paid for, it didn't seem like I got I came across a clear theme for the DLCs, you know? Yeah, I so think I, Freedom I really Cry was the big one as far as DLC goes. Yeah. That's that that's that's mostly what I came across. I don't I don't have many negative things to say. I know there was another point. There was another thing that I wanted to bring up and I I guess it really ain't too big of a deal cuz I cannot fucking remember it right now. Maybe I'll hit it later. Oh, I I did remember something from earlier in this episode, this specific episode right here. That phrase I was thinking about is called focus testing. Okay. It's for films or games or whatever. It's when they put they ask people specific things, and they go, okay, well, here's the original edit of this movie, but people didn't like this, they didn't like this, they love this, so take these out and put more of these in. Because they focus-tested thing. Uh, I'm trying to think what else, what else, what else, what else I like about this game. I do love the naval battles. Uh, I love how more, the further you go up, the more difficult they become, the more engaging they become. Like, again, the last mission that I did was a... I forget the name of the ship. It's a big fucking battleship. It has like, I don't know, 25, 30 cannons on each side. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a specific type of ship. It's called, the Man of War. Yeah. And it fucking rocked my ass several times, <laughs> but the fight was fun. You know, I, I, I didn't walk away from that fight pissed off. I wasn't walking away from those from that battle aggravated. It was more like, oh, I'm going to get this motherfucker. I'm going to get him. And the naval battles are fun. They're engaging. They're, it's, they're two fucking ships or more fighting. Now, there was a mission before that that did kind of piss me off. It did aggravate me because I'm not an escort fan. I'm not a, I'm not a babysitter fan. And you had to escort this fucking boat. And everything was trying to shoot at it. And not only are you trying to kill the other boats that are trying to kill him, but they're also trying to kill you. You're also trying to defend that boat. So you're trying your best to draw fire or take the fire. 
And I died a few times of that. I'm just not a big fan of escort missions. But yeah, it's okay. That's okay. It's not like that was the 30th one of those I've done. So I think that was like the first. So it was all good. Um, I swear there was something else, and that's <laughs> pissing me off now. Because I know I was like, man, I meant to bring this up. This is a very big, uh, a very big no-no for me. Maybe I'll remember it when we're talking later. I'll bring it back up. Either way, still playing through Black Flag. Still enjoying it. Great recommendation. Uh, even as old as it is. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, man. The character models in that game, outside of the pirates. Oh, God. Another reason why I hate going back <laughs> to the uh, main world. Because those facial animations and characters are just... Oh, boy. Yeah. They've aged okay. <laughs> uh, I put a couple more attempts into uh, Salt and Sanctuary. Okay. I have now officially gotten to a point like I used to be back in Dark Souls where I don't know where the fuck to go. <laughs> it's a combination of me not doing enough research in-game and also taking, like, days in between playing. So... I will have to do my due diligence and dig around and figure out where the fuck I'm supposed to go. And I will keep moving on. I'm enjoying it enough to keep playing it, so there it is. Uh, I think that's really about it. I didn't really touch Freedom Planet again. I'm out, Again, I'm literally on the last level, if not the last two levels of that game. I'm sure I'll beat it sometime soon. I'm... St- Still giving a pissed off, glared eye to uh, a robot named Fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, haven't made another attempt in that one yet. <laughs> I will. I still say in my book I've actually beat that game, but I'll have it on record. I really <laughs> it, it, I, now remember last episode. I think I talked about one, two, three, four, five, maybe even six games I was playing at once. Yeah. Pretty much been only playing Black Flag now. So thank you, Chris, for ruining my fucking gaming capade. Man, that made me so happy when you said you played that and that you like it. Yes. Yes. I have yes. been, uh, what's the word, vindicated? Validated. Validated. Yeah. Whatever word yeah. you want to use. Uh, I was fucking whatever. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always good when you can recommend a game and then somebody likes it. Yeah. You know? Uh, the the reason why this one went out so much is because this game at the base of it, and I know you can agree on this, the baseline draw of this game, what's going to bring you in may be the pirates, it may be the Assassin's Creed, it may, may kind of be the first couple of levels that kind of engage you. What keeps you in this game, the bottom barest line is the game itself is fun. Yeah. It is fun fun if you make 10 minutes in and you say a oh, fuck it i don't like pirates don't don't quit it yet <laughs> don't quit it yet because it is fun wait i say for anybody that's not interested in pirates that's not interested in assassin's creed that's not interested in i don't know swashbuckling adventure free free bird mentality let's go fuck the monarchy if none of that interests you... You suck. Well, well sure. <laughs> You're a scumbag. But hey, people can say the same thing to me about Nier Automata, so mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, what st- 
stick around until you actually. Well, I already said spoiler alert, so fuck you. Stick around until you actually get your own ship, because you will get your own ship, complete with its own crew. There's no managing to this shit. Okay, you don't have to learn the personality of all your crew members. This is this is this is a plus for this game. Okay, it doesn't. It it manages your boat and your ship. It manages your ship, but not to a super duper micro level. Okay, you do know how many people you have on your ship, but that's a tertiary number that just adds to like the strength of your ship. You don't have to know every single crew member's name and every single crew member's personality and background and their likes and dislikes, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, how good they are at combat. Like, no, 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 not all that. You have a crew there that's with you. However, even though you are not that involved with your crew, your crew loves you. Now, like I said last episode, there's something that just, that's awesome about you leaving your ship going and doing whatever the fuck you want to do, you come back to your ship, and the moment you get to your wheel, the your whole crew is screaming and cheering like, yeah, like they're happy to see you back. That's the crew. There's there's something about uh, wrecking a ship to damn near obliteration and holding the B button down to board that ship and seeing your crew climbing ropes and tossing uh, grappling hooks across and getting their weapons ready and hauling ass across the like they're fighting for you and you get to watch as you see all this crew do this it's it's entertaining it's fun it's something about being on the open seas and being like let that ship say something let him let him look at me funny cuz I'm gonna unload all these cannons on his ass it's it's fun it's 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 a whole different game once you finally get your ship, and you you get the, you get that they capture that feel of adventuring, the idea of being a pirate where fuck the rules, fuck the law, I just go do I go where the wind and the water brings me, and you get on your boat and you fucking do that, you get on your ship and you just go. Definitely fun, definitely good recommending game. And, and again, I was not the the biggest Assassin's Creed fan, nor was I the... I mean, I know me and Adam made jokes about Assassin's Creed, and I, again, I played all the way through the second one, played a couple hours of the third one, didn't really care for it. I, I kind of put Assassin's Creed to rest. You know, you can't... I can't put 90-something percent or more probably 70, 80, 90 hours into Assassin's Creed 2 and then act like I don't like Assassin's Creed to some degree. I at least like that game. But no other Assassin's Creed had drew my attention. Not even Origins. This one, I'd seen in the passing and didn't really think much of it. Now that I'm playing it, glad I did. Good game. Haven't seen any other movies or anything this week. I mean, I, I did some adulting things, had to work on a car. That's really about it, man. My <laughs> week has been mainly working, sleeping, and uh, black flagging it up. So Sounds good to me. Yeah. So I, well, without further ado, let's roll into our topic for this week. Now, for the audience, full, full disclosure, we had a topic lined up. We're not going to tell you what that is. Because we're going to push that one to the next uh, uh, recording or so. So this one was kind of a from the hip topic. If we're a little bit unprepared, sorry. 
Yeah, it's it's a what really ult- good topic. It's really good timing too. Yeah, what we ultimately decided on this week to talk about is it, it was touted first to be like a top ten or top fifteen of 2017. Uh, understandably, that we still have a month left. We didn't see anything in 2017 December that drew our attention. So we we're gonna do kind of like our own little mini awards. The sad part of it is, because I'm poor and I don't play a lot of brand new games, my top 2017 was about five games. That's shit to talk about. So, we're going to do our own style. It's not really a top anything. We're just going to take a look from an outside perspective for the games we haven't played and inside for the ones we have Hmm. at the year 2017 games as a whole. And just give our top our, our thoughts on different games that came out this year. Chris, why don't you start us off? So, with games I've played, and when I was making a top ten list, it was actually really hard to think about what to put on it. Not because I haven't played a lot of games, but because when I think of top ten or you know top five, these are games that really stand out. These are games you know I would recommend to someone to play. Without a doubt. And sadly, a lot of the ones I've played didn't necessarily fall into that category. Um, like Mario plus Rabbits. I enjoy the game, but it's not really one I'd recommend to everyone because it's good if you like that type of game, but not if you're not a fan of it. It's not like, you know, Black Flag where, okay, you're not a fan of the series, but or, you know, you're not a big fan of the series, but go give it a shot. You know, you'll probably like it. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those. It's like, if you like strategy, and you like Mario, and you have, if you like Rabbids at all, because, you know, they're fun, other mini-game type thing, you're going to enjoy it. Um, so that yeah. wasn't even going on my top ten, even though it's a fun game. And it might have been, you know, by the time I made the list, it might have been number ten or something, because I ran out of other stuff. But... um and then it was, you know, like Mass Effect Andromeda, which that's a kind of, I would say, controversial game to put on it at all because of, you know, mixed mm. reviews on it. But I enjoyed it, but it's not one of those that I would necessarily recommend to a lot of people. It's not a game I'd recommend to everyone. I'd recommend mm-hmm. it to specific people. Um, yeah. Breath of the Wild, you know, that's one that's obviously on there. You know, that's a great game all around. Recommend it to pretty much anyone. So it deserves that spot. Um, so, yeah, that's why well, I was kind of glad we went away from the top 10 type of approach and looking at it, you know, as the year as a whole. Gotcha. Um, can, can I give you a pause real sure. quick? Because I finally, this is my memory now, I just now remembered the other little negative thing about the uh, Black Flag thing. Okay. This is a technical thing. doesn't affect everybody. And I don't even know if it's a big issue to people to these days at all. But full screen. I, Chris, what did you play this? What did you play Black Flag on again? Xbox. Okay. So it's probably I'm 360 pl- or early one. Gotcha. I am playing it on the PC. Mm-hmm. And this game, and I, and I remember why too, because EA, for whatever reason, uh, or not, is it? EA? It's Ubisoft. Ubisoft, sorry. Ubisoft, especially their, uh, what is that? What's the platform that they work off of? There's a specific, like, third party uh, fucking. 
you play, not you play. Is it you play? That's their that's their brand thing, yeah, add-on. Yeah, their add-on thing. Anytime that I see Ubisoft stuff, mm-hmm. I usually run into this issue with is that you pretty much can only play this game in full screen. There is no windowed borderless option oh. that I can find. Now, audience out there, if you know of a way, please let me know. I, I'm smart enough to have went and looked for like a third party app, maybe like an add on or an extension. What you may need to do is look up the Steam command line. And I say command line, but you actually just put in the properties of the thing. Um, mm-hmm. The Steam command line windowed mode. For games that don't okay. have it out of the box, sometimes that works. And that's what I've used in the past for other games. I'll take a look into yeah. it. I, I went as far as trying to do one thing, and it pretty much didn't work. And I said, well, fuck it. I guess I'll just bite the bullet and play this in full screen at all the time. Yeah. But uh, for various reasons, I alt-tab often, and me playing in full screen, it fucks. It just, I don't like it. I don't like being forced to. It fucks with my screen. It fucks with my other windows. I have to alt tab and then alt tab again to make, to get where I'm supposed to go, where I want to go. It's just, it's always been a pain in the ass for me. Yeah. So I, that, that's not strictly a fault of the game, but I'm putting it on the game. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you don't, if you don't even have an option that is a windowed borderless or windowed and it's strictly full screen, uh, you get a big, you get a big middle finger from me. Shouldn't be that way. Oh man! So while you're talking about settings and stuff, I for- completely forgot to mention another idiotic decision for Tower of Babel. There mm. are no options. There are no settings. There's nothing. When you're on take the, it as it is. When you're on the title screen, you have press start to go. You know, and mm. you have a plus icon where it lets you switch controllers, which is a native. Switching anyway, I guess. But it's like, yeah. that's it. There's no volume. There's no settings. There's no options. There's no, you know, cursor on the screen. It's press the button and start the game. And then you choose the tower you're going to climb and waste your time with. That's it. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, can I disable the vibration? Nope, there's no settings at all. Nothing. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway. So I'm so sorry to derail your where you were going with. It. I just I had I, I, it's been in my mind. I had mm-hmm. to get it out there. So yeah, the lack of the lack of windowed borderless things for Black Flag. And again, if anybody has a good, quick, yes, this completely works solution, let me know because mm-hmm. I'm playing full screen and it it fucking aggravates me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back on topic, games in 2017. Yep. It was rough for you. You know where you're going, haul ass. Yeah. So and I mentioned this is a good timing, and that's you know to date this podcast. The Game Awards 2017 are on right now. So they're oh, going shit. through and they're giving uh, the awards for different categories. They started not too long ago. They've only given out four, I think, so far. They've run mm-hmm. a lot of trailers and stuff in between. Um, yeah. But a lot of the games that are uh, nominated are ones I put on my list to talk about. Um, oh, wow. Games I hadn't played either. That's, you know what? We're talking about our little conversation. I made a note of the games I haven't played, but I know are good. Um, yeah. And I don't know if you've... Like, I I personally have not played Lost Odyssey, but it's a fucking Nintendo 
Mario property. I know it's going to be good. Whether it's the greatest thing since sliced bread or it's just really good, it's in there. <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Not Lost Odyssey. That's a completely oh, different game. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Hey, Lost Odyssey <laughs> is good. Yeah, I know. That's why I let you run with it. Until you said Mario, and then I was like, okay, now I've got to correct them. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, absolutely. Um, and I don't know if you played any of these, so before I talk about any of them in particular, I'll go down my list. Sure. Um, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Nope. Wolfenstein 2. I have, quote, unquote, played it. You watched? I watched it. Yeah, yeah. I watched See, the I've watched movie. part of it, so I'm not counting those, unless I've actually physically played it. Um, exactly. Cuphead. No. Horizon Zero Dawn. I watched about two hours of the movie of it and said, I'm not interested in this at all. <laughs> Persona 5. Nope, but I hear that's up there with the must-play of this year. Yep. And Sonic Mania. Nope, it's on my wish list. Yep. Those are all games that I haven't played, but based on what I've seen, whether that's just from articles or, you know, Let's Plays or whatever it may be, those look like games that I will be playing, hands down, without a doubt. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, I'm going to get through the games I'm working on now before I start that. Um, and once I get my PS4, I actually bought Horizon Zero Dawn um, oh, over yeah. Thanksgiving. I can't mm-hmm. play it till I get, you know, my Christmas present, my PS4 Pro. But I have it. <laughs> I have it digitally purchased on uh, the PlayStation Store because they had a deal on it. Um nice. Cuphead, I don't really have an excuse for because I could have bought it and played it, but I just haven't because yeah. of other things. Um, yeah. And most of those games I just listed are in contention for a lot of different categories. I actually looked because I was yep. like, okay, Sonic Mania on there. For some reason, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but they have it in the category of best family game. Uh, it's okay. like, eh, I, you know, best all ages game, maybe. But family Maybe. game, eh. so yeah, um, yeah. So my my other games, and I already talked about a couple of them: um, Super Mario Odyssey, Breath mm. of the Wild, oh yeah, uh, Destiny Two. For as many issues as the game has, it is still a good game. It's one of those things where, if it was a game that didn't have a history behind it it would probably be more welcome than one that has a history behind it because now the bar has been set higher. So mm-hmm. our expectations are higher. So even though they've made a good game, it's not a great game according to that higher standard. Um, yeah. But the story-wise, I mean, I don't think they could improve it at all. I think the story is at that pinnacle of what I expect Destiny to ever get to. And if they find a way to impress and improve upon it, I will be surprised. And I will love it even more. But see, now this is my, this is my curio- this is my curiosity about Destiny and mm-hmm. Destiny Two. From from an outside perspective, what I've understood Destiny and Destiny Two to be is both raid games. The end. So, so you're telling me that re- they have an in- let, they let's, have an let's entire- rewind about thirty seconds because I kind of just uh, hit the volume control on my headset. So okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so about Destiny well, One and Destiny Two. 
I typically see them reported as the only thing I ever hear about Destiny 1 and 2, and again, this is an outside perspective, mm-hmm. is that they are raid games and that's it. So you're telling me that Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 have this completely side, single player main game aspect? So the raid is kind of the culmination of the story. That's the final uh-huh. boss of the story. Um, okay. Well, not, not even the final boss of the story. It's the so the story missions themselves typically have a final boss. Um, and then the raid is another boss that may or may not be related to that. It's kind of Let odd, correct- actually. Go ahead. Let me correct myself then. I think what I'm trying to say is what I normally get from Destiny 1 and 2 is that these games are strictly MMO. No. I spend most of my time single player. Okay, so even when you're doing the raids, the, those are solo. No, raids are six person. Okay, um, mandatory online six people. Yes. Okay. Story, the main story is not. Gotcha. Okay, well then, that, see that that therein lies my problem with it. Then, if I go through this game and play this forty, fifty, sixty hour great story RPG shooter style thing, and then want to finish the story, do I finish the story in the raid? So I have to play it online with other people. Yeah, and it it's ah. it, it's enough of. A of a difference between the raid story and the campaign story, so to speak, that it doesn't really bother me as far as completing that story because typically, when you complete the final boss of the campaign story, you're done with that storyline. The yeah. raid is just set in that post-story world, so to speak. You know, this is how yeah. the world is when the story ends. The raid occurs after that point. Otherwise. You pro- if you didn't have the campaign with it and you did the raid, you probably wouldn't miss anything. Um, there might be a couple references to the campaign story, but that's, you know, the history of the area, not necessarily the continuation of the storyline type stuff. Uh, I think, I think, I mean, I'm, what I'm getting at is, is if I played this game mm-hmm. and played just the campaign start to finish, boom, I'm done with the campaign. I'm done with the campaign. Am I going to be missing? Because I don't do the raid. Am I going to go, oh man, where's the story end? Oh shit. Or no. does it have its own finality? No, you, the campaign story is finality. Gotcha. It is done and over with. You're starting basically a new story with the raid, just a very short one. <laughs> Depending on how long it takes you to do the raid, of course. If it takes you 10 hours to do the raid, then you've now you know had another 10 hours of story. But it's not right. dependent upon the other one. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, Destiny Two for all its flaws, great. Um, looking at the categories it was nominated for, I think it actually has the most nominations, or it's tied for most, with at yeah, six. I think it's at six with Horizon Zero Dawn and Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey. Yep. Those are the four with six nominations. Um, Destiny 2, it's our audio, which I, again, I've said it before, I'm not that big audio person. I don't pay as much attention to the game's audio as a lot of people do. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was nominated for both best audio and best score slash music. So the audio in the game blew people away, I guess. Um, It was also nominated for best ongoing game which is a category for, you know, things that are ongoing, 
and they have you know that's their model the get model of the game you know uh, mm-hmm. GTA Online is another one in that example. It's an old game, but they're constantly putting out new stuff. They, uh, one of the trailers on the awards was for a new Grand Theft Auto Online DLC that just released tonight. Um, I'll be damned. So, best ongoing game, best action game, and what's the last one? What's the last one? Best multiplayer. Um, which is, uh, that's interesting that it got nominated for that, but I guess people enjoy it. Um, I mean, it's, well, look at his con, look at the contenders. You got World War Two, you got Fortnite, Mario Kart 8, Pl- PUBG, and Splatoon 2. Yeah, so it's an interesting category. Um, I'm curious where the nominations came from because I know people yeah. could vote on them. Um, they're, they were actually selected by, I think they had a, group of people with the organization order that voted on games, but they also had some sort of fan voting that went on, I guess. Um, I'm not sure how much weight was there, but some of these have really interesting games in there. Um, But yeah, so that's... Go ahead. I was going to say, let's just take a... Let's just blow through all these categories real quick in the games and see what's going on. So So you want to start at the bottom or at the top? Yeah, I'm going to start from the bottom because, yeah. I mean, the top is the fucking game of the year, yeah. number one. <laughs> so, we got, so we got best indie game, best debut indie game, yeah. Cuphead, Golf Story, Hollow Knight, Mr. Shifty, Slam, Slime Rancher. Yeah. I've heard of four of these. Mr. Shifty, I don't think I've heard of that before. I I've heard have. of Slime Rancher. Don't know shit about it. Hollow Knight is on my wish list. Uh, Golf Story, I've heard about it. This, this is one of those games where... People are talking about it, and people that don't even play golf are talking about it, mm-hmm. but I haven't given it a second look yet. And, of course, Cuphead. Yeah, and wow. I will say right here, I expect Cuphead to win this. Oh, yeah. Because Cuphead expect- is just blowing it out of the water. That game is I w- superb. Yep. I would see Cuphead and probably Hollow Knight being a distant second, but... Who knows? With the way the gaming industry works today, as 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 many people as I hear even talk about this golf story game, maybe it's the one. Who knows? I don't know if Slime Rancher changed. Excuse me. Since I saw a Let's Play of it, but it seemed like a very simple, not really a whole lot to it type game. Um. So it's kind of interesting. That takes. I mean, yeah, but it's. I don't know. It just doesn't hit that threshold for me, so that's why I'm surprised. Mr. Shifty, yeah. if it's the one I'm thinking about, you're basically trying to make your way around this building to stop the guy. Um, but you have this, like, teleport power, and mm-hmm. so you can teleport through thin enough walls and, you know, around and just in general, and that's your main mechanic for getting through the game. It looked pretty fun. Yeah. Um I don't. It's one of those games that since I watched people play it, I don't know if I'd actually play it myself, because yeah. I've now seen the story behind it. Um, so it might be something if it's cheap, I'll pick it up, get played a little bit, and be like, yeah, it's fun to play. But I probably won't play it all the way through because I've seen the game. Um, 
just looking at this game from the screenshots, no video, no nothing else. Uh, it's got that top-down perspective, yes. and every time I see that, I think of Hotline Miami. <laughs> and uh, hot, for me, Hotline Miami is I heard everybody and their fucking mother talk about that game to the point where it pushed me away from the game. Yeah. I've never played it. And who knows, maybe I'll pick it up someday because it's free and fall in love with it. But it, it, Jesus Christ, you'd think that game was the second coming of top-down shooters. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll see. That's my that's my old crotchety man opinion yeah. of that game. I, but I agree. I see Cuphead taking this. Uh, I'm hoping that Hollow Knight is in good second. Uh, it looks like my style of game, but... I'm not the gaming community of 2017, so who knows? <laughs> Moving up the list, we got Student Game Award. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know gonna anything about any that. of these. Uh, yeah, th- th- this is something where they're gonna. Th- this is gonna be selected from uh, the fucking group that they picked. It's uh, the Todd Howard, Hideo Kojima. Like they're basically taking these people and giving them a special award. So we'll see. That, that, that's I have no idea about any of those games. So. Uh, good luck to them. <laughs> Best multiplayer we just said was World War Two, Destiny Two, Fortnite, 8, uh, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, PUBG, and Splatoon Two. I mean, if PUBG don't take that category, something's crazy. I think if PUBG does it, it's going to be because Fortnite takes it. Now, really? Now, what's yes. what's your thoughts on Fortnite? Because I know because they're basically the same game, but some people prefer Fortnite. <laughs> I mean, Fortnite's oh, thing, that's that game, yeah, where you yeah. can build and it's more cartoony looking. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. I've seen a lot of people transition, at least on Twitch, from PUBG to Fortnite, and some of them play both, but some of them have just completely quit PUBG because Fortnite overall is a smoother game, so to speak. Um, yeah. But PUBG, its popularity should just shoot it through the roof on this. Um, yeah. I don't know what their grading scale is on, but I would be I would be shocked if PUBG doesn't win and if Fortnite doesn't win because you know in lieu of PUBG, I will be shocked. You know we're both wrong. Call of Duty World War Two is going to win. You know I said I wouldn't be surprised if PUBG <laughs> wins, but I wouldn't be surprised if that wins because Call of Duty no. really. It, yeah, it's because Call, Call of Duty. Duty. Best sports racing game. Moving on, best strategy game. <laughs> Let me real quick. Can... I am going to give Gran Turismo Sport a try. Um, it's actually okay. fairly recent, so I haven't. I didn't even know it was out until I was looking through the games because it was a more recent one. Um, yeah. I am going to give it a try because, like I said, I love the old Gran Turismo's. The one I played on PS3 completely sucked, but I'm you know not going to kill my love of the series because of one game. I want to give this a yeah. try, give it a fair shake, see how it pans out. All right, moving on. Cool. Best strategy game. We got Halo Wars 2, Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, Total War, Warhammer 2, Tooth and Tail, and XCOM 2, War of the Chosen. Yep. Chris, I think I'll let you talk about this shit for a while. Man, so this is a tough one to call. Uh, personally, I see it being between XCOM 2, War of the Chosen, and Total War, Warhammer 2. Now, I haven't played the Total War games. Um, Mm -hmm. but I know that as far as strategy games go, it seems to have gotten a really good reception, but XCOM 2 is XCOM 2 and War of the Chosen was a pretty good DLC. And when they, Mm. when they, when Firaxis does XCOM DLCs lately, they've just been completely changing the game. As a DLC comes out, you have to, you know, in some cases completely forget things you've learned 
prior to that because they don't matter anymore. They completely yeah. change mechanics of the game. It's like getting a, you know, XCOM 3 or an XCOM 2.5, which is what this was called, because of all the changes they make. So purely yeah. because of all the changes they've made, I'd be surprised if it doesn't win. But <laughs> Total War, I don't know what that fan base is like. I know they have a fan base. I just don't know the size of it and their passion, so to speak. Yeah, um, yeah. Mario plus Rabbids, I think it's just too childish. I think it's too soft core to win a actual yeah. award like this when it's competing against XCOM and Total War. I don't I think that game would get a get a strong two thumbs up for effort. You know what yeah. I mean? A good a good solid salute of hey, you guys made this fucking game that was okay, Rabbids, whatever, and Mario, but hey, you you did a good. Mm. You you made you made it better than what we thought it was gonna yeah. be. And but I, but of the year award Yeah. And I don't know what Tooth and Tail was at all. Um I've heard yeah, of it but I have not played it, so I can't really speak to it. Yeah. Um it was released in September, so it's not even that old. Yeah. You should have had it, man. You're, you're the new <laughs> new game player, aren't you? Come on. I man. try. Get I try. Home. We try too, and you can find our Patreon where you can <laughs> <laughs> No, I have said you know before what? I said if anybody ever if Chris and I both have our own jobs, so we are fine paying our bills and continuing to work. But if we ever do a Patreon and we get money, sure. If you guys want to pay us to play games, I'll, th- I'll throw this out there. On December 22nd, I'm quitting my job. So if you want to pay me to play video games, I'm all for it. <laughs> Just let me know. We'll set something up. You know, I'll give you some rates, some quotes. We'll move from there. Um, we'll put a couple pictures up. You'll you'll get to see our faces, and then you let us know if you want to see us play Let's Plays, or you just want to see just the gameplay footage. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Moving right along, we got Best Family Game, yeah. Best Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle, Sonic Mania, Splatoon, Super Mario Odyssey. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think Sonic Mania is going to get this, because <laughs> no. even though Sonic Mania is a damn fun-looking game, yeah. uh, from what I hear, even the old Sonic games were not family games. Mm. Your, your your little seven-year-old nephew would make it to level two, and that's as far <laughs> as he would get. And he would hand it off to old good old dad, and dad would make it to level four, and that's where the shit went in. Yeah. Those games were not always the easiest games in the world. And colorful, yes. Music, yes. But family game, as in let's all four, five, six sit down on a couch and play a game? Ah. So, ah. real quick, best any game was just awarded. And it went to Cuphead. So just like we said. That's my clapping. <laughs> bravo, bravo. Um, yeah. And really, Mario plus Rabbids, I have an issue with this game. And I completely forgot about it until I saw this under Family. Since The full screen thing, right? No. Since <laughs> when were boob machine guns family friendly? Friendly. Boob. Yeah, you know, like Austin Powers where her, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. things turn into guns. There are enemies in the game where they're, they have machine guns in their chest. And they're obviously, mm-hmm. you know, endowed females. When mm-hmm. was that family-friendly E for everyone? Not. not. 
not at all. So I'm actually considering whether or not I want to let my child play this game purely because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing if they're, you know, teenage years, um, but I am really hesitant because it makes a point of it to it. Full screens, hey, this is where the guns are. It's not a guessing thing at all. Um, and it says like, it says something like, why are, why are those theirs or they're there? They, it makes a direct question related to where the guns are placed at. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Um, I don't know. Maybe Mario Kart. Maybe Splatoon. I don't really know. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm leaning towards Splatoon and Mario Kart as well. I think Splatoon Two should take it, uh, because Splatoon Two has that. Okay, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Splatoon Two, I never played, but I played some Mario Kart, mm-hmm. and I feel like Splatoon Two is enough to 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 garner every age. Mario Kart is as well. Mario Kart will turn you and your fucking family against each other. <laughs> so I think the more family, if we're tacking on the word on its best family fun game, mm-hmm. Splatoon 2. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Best fighting game, Arms and Justice 2, MVC Infinite, Nidhogg 2, and Tekken Set. Nidhogg 2. Yeah. Why the fuck is Nidhogg 2 in... That's just one of those games that it's a fun kind of... It's it's a pop game is what that is. I don't know what that means, but okay. Yes. Pop, it's a, the popularity. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it looks like a fun game to play, but it's not one I would lump in with the other ones. I mean, arms I wouldn't put in there either, but... Yeah. It's just... Between you and me, uh, th- I th- this is my thing. Mm-hmm. I as well am kicking off Arms and kicking off Nidhogg. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Injustice, Infinite, and Tekken Seven. Right. As much shit as Infinite has went through, I even with the cool tournament shit they got going, I don't want to see them get it because I think MVCI could have been way better than what we got. I know they had a shoestring budget. But we're talking about Capcom here. That's no excuse, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, by the way, really, really, really quick side note. Capcom's doing pretty fucking good right about now, you know? They announced Devil May Cry 5. <laughs> and apparently, apparently, from what I hear, MVCI is actually getting improved very, very well. So it's it's kind of like what you said with Destiny 2. It's now the game that people wanted. Yeah. You know, we got, uh, there's a monster, there's a new Monster Hunter game coming oh, yeah. out. Can't Great. wait for that. Yeah, uh, Mega Man 11 is on the way, so hey, may- maybe Capcom is fucking digging its way out the dirt, you know? We but won't have to do a so, rise and fall of Capcom. And we will, we will. Uh, I don't want to see Infinite get it. Fight me, bruh. For me, it's in between Injustice and Tekken. And I'll tell you now, as cool as it is that Tekken 7 is having Akuma and Geese Howard... And Noctis, all in the same game, as cool as that quadruple handshake is, and as good as Tekken has always been, man, Injustice 2 should get it. I hope, I hope Injustice 2 gets it, because the level of the quality, the attention to detail, the passion and love from not only the game perspective, but the comics, the comic perspective, period, this game deserves it. This game needs to get it, 
to add more weight to other people to do these types of games right. If you want to see what it's like to take a franchise seriously and keep it running great, Injustice 2 is where to look at. Because there is shit that even I, as a com- I can see all the comic book references in that game and go, yeah, I don't get it. But they're so small and so minute, but they still put it in. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's the attention that I like to see. That's the that's the love that I like to see go into a game. So I hope Injustice 2 gets and it. And just thinking about it, you know, from the perspective, okay, Tekken 7. Okay, 7. Really? Are we really going to? Yeah. Is that something groundbreaking at that point? Injustice yeah. 2, I think, is a new concept, new enough concept, and we're... I think it's more deserving of a 2017 award, um, just based on that. You know, I don't really nothing. I don't know anything about most of the games, um, other than what I know about Tech and what I know about Marvel versus Capcom. You know, I don't know much beyond that. But Injustice is new, and that freshness, I think, would probably put them ahead of the competition in this case. Um, best RPG. Before we jump into we got... the next category, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, okay. best sports slash racing game went to Forza. Okay. So, even though that's a almost yearly thing at this point, or every other year or whatever, yeah. it's still winning, I guess because of how pretty Wait. it is. Wait, are you talking about Call of Duty? <laughs> oh, sorry. Best RPG. We've got Defin- Divinity, Original mm-hmm. Sin 2, Final Fantasy 15, Near Automata, Persona 5, South Park, The Fractured Butthole. I'm saying it correctly. The Fractured Butthole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Well, you already know, Chris. I hope Near Automata doesn't get it. Yeah. But, by God, I bet you it's going to be a tie between that one and Persona 5. I think Persona 5 is going to take it. Um, yeah. Just because that is a rabid fan base. And I don't think it's unfounded based on what I know about, what little I know about the series, what little I played of the older ones. I think it's well founded. Um, Divinity Original Sin, while not bad, I believe is more of a niche audience and niche Mm -hmm. type of game. Um, Final Fantasy XV was what it was. Um, Yeah. And that's. That what you just said, just like that, the way that you said it, the 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 feeling that you had behind it. And again, Chris, you know we're gonna have our Final Fantasy episode one yeah. of these days. The fact that you said that and like that is sad. Let me put it this way: I haven't beat it. I still haven't beat it, want, and I bought do it you at care release. To beat it? Do you give a shit if you beat it? Do you give a shit if you play it again? I I care as in I want to finish the game. Not as in, I can't wait to finish this game. I want to finish it because it's a Final Fantasy. I want to do it service. I want to play it through. I want to be that Final Fantasy fan and do it right. Um, But I have no, I'm in no hurry. It's not screaming at me to jump back into it. So I will get to it sometime. I have not uninstalled it. That's not to that point. But I will get back to it when I get back to it. I gotta say, uh, from what I've seen, I, I South Park the Fracture but whole, I've the whole thing. I know all about it. I don't know if that should even be on the list. I, it's a, it is a good game, but it, I think it's just about the same as the last one. Mm-hmm. It, 
I think the reason why it's on the list is because it's actual game. Okay, the actual RPG mechanics aspects of that game Mm -hmm. and the first one are really good. I mean, they're up your alley if you're like a modern RPG fan, so to speak. It's up there. It's got time button presses and everything. But, I don't know. I don't think it was enough of a jump from the first one to deserve to be on a top five. But, yeah, I as well, even though I have not played Persona 5, I hope it gets it. To the point of, if Persona 5 makes the best role-playing game of 2017, Mm -hmm. I will make efforts to go get that game. Okay. I have heard from... I have heard from people that personas are individual, that you mm-hmm. don't have to play them in succession, that they're their own games. So, if it's that good of a fucking game, I will give it a try. But I'm telling you now, and I'm telling the audience too, if this near automata's me, <laughs> I'm going to be pissed off. This game better fucking suck my dick as good as it is, because this, this game is supposed to be like damn near perfection. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what were you going to say? I'm sorry, before I move on. Um, oh, when you're talking about playing Persona 5, I was about to ask if you were going to go back and play any of the other ones. Or are you just going to jump straight into that one? Uh, the fact that it made RPG of 2017 and the fact that they're solo might make me go ahead and try that one first. Okay. Uh, I still have that list, like the one I gave yes. you that shows the... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to peruse that one. I have a couple in mind that I'd like to start with. Mm-hmm. But since I'm so fucking pissy whiny baby hesitant to dip my toes in this <laughs> the fact that this game is supposed to be the creme de la creme and it, it is the newest for me I would like to take that newest approach first so, and if this game blows my mind then I'll start backtracking and see how well the old shit holds up for me best action adventure game Assassin's Creed Origins Horizon Zero Dawn Mario Odyssey Breath of the Wild Uncharted Lost Legacy I'm going to say Breath of the Wild is going to take it. Now, I, I would Let's accuse see. you of being biased, but I'm leaning yes. towards it as well. Um, <laughs> I think it will... This is actually a really tough category because I'll, as many issues as I've... I've heard people say that Horizon Zero Dawn was not... I mean, it was good, but they had issues with maybe mechanics or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Super Mario Odyssey, I haven't heard any complaints about. Um, nope. Breath of the Wild, no complaints about. Uncharted The Lost Legacy, surprisingly good, according to people, so that makes it okay. Uncharted's already loved. If Lost Legacy lived up to that, then I can see it being a contender, which obviously it's a contender because it's in the top five. So I want to say probably Breath of the Wild, but Uncharted or Odyssey might squeak in there. Yeah. Um, Here's what I want to know. Yeah. Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. put that on there, okay? Mm-hmm. Horizon, uh, Mario Odyssey, above or below Breath of the Wild? Damn, I don't know. Really? I mean, I, really? I'm not, I'm not to your level on Breath of the Wild, so uh, okay. it it's close because they're both you know beloved franchises. They're both good games. Um, Mario Odyssey went back to that style like 64 and you know galaxy did a little bit of and you know i don't i still have like i said last time i need to go back and play galaxy to see how much alike it was maybe i just wasn't looking for that at the time 
but it mm. really plays well. Um, Breath of the Wild, their, you know, mechanic decisions, the whole, I don't mind like the uh, weapon breaking system. I just felt it was a little bit too punishing. And overall, I mean, I had fun with it, but nothing blew me out of the water. I mean, great graphics, mm-hmm. of course. I'm not going to say anything about the visuals bad because it was great visuals. Um, that's mm-hmm. why I believe it's on one of the best visual categories or something like that. Um, art direction, I believe, is the category they call it, which it well deserves. But I think mechanically, it didn't blow my mind. You know, it's like, okay, I yeah. get what they're going here. I get why you like it or you don't mind it. Um, but it just didn't completely do it for me. Here's the greatest takeaway from what you just went through. Yeah. And not that we live in an age, I hope to God, we don't live in an age where we actually have to sell people on a Mario game. Yeah. But the fact that I just gave you Breath of the Wild and said, now Mario Odyssey above it or below it, you had to think, you stopped, and was like, mm, guys, if you're not playing Mario Odyssey, sounds like you fucking need to. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You you just gave both those games their due proper pluses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, now, I have nothing overall bad to say about either. I mean, it's just neither of them completely blew me out of the water. Um, Odyssey, right. I recognize that it's a lot of nostalgia. Um, so I don't, I, I try to, I try not to let my nostalgia drive my ratings and my rankings, you know, it's got to look through it from that outside perspective and be fair about it. Like I was with Assassin's Creed, you know, I could be biased and be like, I've played them all. I love them all. But really when I look at it, yeah, Black Flag's a better game. Let's be let's be very clear about this. If I if I was in the four or five total times I've talked about Breath of the Wild, I like Breath of the Wild has fucking shit to do with Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. It has shit to do with uh Link's Awakening, Link to the Past, Zelda 2 has shit to do with any past game. Breath of the Wild is a good fucking game full stop. Yeah. Breath of the Wild is a fun, engaging our losing game full stop has nothing to do with goggles <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh before i move on to the next topic let's put odyssey and breath of the wild on the same platform equal to each other okay mm-hmm. assassin's creed origins above or below below Bingo. it wasn't technically sound enough that's all i wanted to know Moving on to best action game, we got Cuphead, Destiny 2, Neo, Prey, and Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Mm-hmm. Now, Cuphead 2 may be a good game, but best action action game. Yeah. yeah. Now, from what I understand, without play, without having played it, th- though it isn't all, the game is primarily boss boss fights. Yes. From what I understand. Yes. So. And that's that kind of knocks it down some. Pegs. Yeah, you play through a kind of left to right type level, whether it's platforming or uh, flying planes or whatever. And then you get to a boss and you fight through the bosses and its phases. Yeah. Um. Even though I haven't played Neo, the fact that it is so akin to that Dark Souls, that Dark Souls style, mm-hmm. makes me want to put it up top. Wolfenstein 2, I've heard too many meh 
reviews about the really? gameplay specific. Yeah, I've heard that the story of Wolfenstein 2, which I have watched all the mm -hmm. way through and can agree with, is good. Okay. It's pretty good. It's like a 3.5, it's like a 4, 3.5 to 4 out of 5 for story. Okay. The gameplay I hear didn't really innovate from the first one, <laughs> from what I hear. The gameplay didn't really add much different from the last one. It didn't come out and like be, it didn't, it's sequelitis. You know, it okay. it just didn't blow your socks off. So, eh. so I haven't played Destiny two, so I can't say how much I would. And I know shit about Prey. I haven't played it. I can't specifically talk about how Neo can or would beat Destiny two, or vice versa. <laughs> but I would personally probably hope for Neo two. I mean, for Neo. Sorry. <laughs> now, I actually I've been refreshing, so I can keep up with winners, and I know who won this category. And I okay. agree with it. And okay. it is Wolfenstein 2. And I, wow. I think the story is what drove this to the top. Sure, mechanic issues, not innovative. I get that. But just watching people play this made me want to play it. So yes, I fully exactly. agree with this decision. Yeah. I, I can, okay, that's cool. Best VR AR game. Mm -hmm. I'm going to move on. Resident Evil know. 7 won it. Yeah, Resident Evil 7 should win that. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm actually surprised uh, because Star Trek Bridge Crew was supposed to be tons of fun. Supposed to be, yeah. yeah. I mean, it may have an issue because it re really relies on multiplayer VR to be, you know, its optimal level of fun. Yeah. So maybe that's kind of a driving force behind, you know, not rating as, as high. But we can move on. Best handheld game, I think I think I want to move over. Yeah, I mean Metroid, same as Returns one. Yeah. Uh best mobile game, I don't even The only one on this about. list I played was Fire Emblem Heroes. And I really liked it as a Fire Emblem game. Um it was the mobile aspects I didn't like. Because of course they had that, you yeah. know, monetization to it, the items you had to come back for, blah blah blah. It was a fun Fire Emblem game as far as doing the fights. Didn't have any issues. It was just the whole, you have to level your heroes with these items you get, blah, 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 blah. You know, get lucky with your drops, your card pulls, whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah. In that one, I have no idea what it is, but Monument Valley 2 won the best mobile game. Wow. Uh, audience, you can check out our episode, episode 16, where we talk about mobile gaming. If you want to know our thoughts on mobile gaming as a whole. It won't be the only time we talk about it, that's for mm -hmm. damn sure. But you get a good idea of where we sit when it comes to mobile gaming. Ooh. So, we have a couple more results then before we move on. Okay. Best family game went to Odyssey. Super Mario Odyssey. Okay. That's, I'm not upset by that. I'm not. I'm, I am surprised, but I'm not upset by it either. Now, um, let me ask yeah. you, these results, and you don't have to go back and, and it's, it's no big deal, but... Are they giving, like, first place, second place, third place, no. or just flat out giving the winner? Just a winner. Of course. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, I think the, you know, runners-up are just being nominated for top five. Right. <laughs> um, Did you have another result? Or? Oh, yeah. Best okay. RPG. Oh, boy. Persona 5. Okay. Well, my my fucking got to put my money where my mouth is. Yep. I actually have a PS4, so... I'll get mine at Christmas. <laughs> if anybody wants to grab me a copy of Persona 5 and shove it in my freaking mailbox, I will give it a try. 
<laughs> yep. Once I get my PS4 and I, you know, work my way through a couple of other games, I'll grab it and play it as well because best yeah. RPG, can't pass that up unless it was nope. near Automata. What else you got for us? Uh, that was it for what we've talked about. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, moving up to best action game, we got Cuphead, Destiny 2, Neo, Prey. Oh, wait. That's what, just did that yeah, one. We're on uh, best <laughs> independent <laughs> game. <laughs> and we, yes, we're independent game. We got Cuphead, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, Night in the Woods, Pyre, and What Remains of Edith Finch. I've heard about What Remains. What have you heard about it? Uh, Any, are, I, I mean, just the name, or have you heard actual? Just the name. Okay. I want to say that one of my YouTube channels, I think, two best friends. Somebody played through this, and I have it saved to watch, but I know jack about it. The only thing I know about it, I know they did play Night in the Woods, but I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I really know jack about any of these yeah. except for Cuphead. Same. And that alone, I mean, Cuphead alone makes me just want to give it to Cuphead. Yeah, so. and you're right because they want it. Yay! <laughs> best best ongoing game. This yeah. is actually a good category. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm very interested in this category. It's like this game was released blank whenever, but we are releasing mm-hmm. more shit for it. So we got Destiny 2, GTA Online, Over Overwatch, <laughs> PUBG, Rainbow Six Sage and Warframe. Chris, real quick, have you played Warframe? No, I haven't, but I know a little bit about it. All right. I have it and I've played it. I played it for all about an hour or so. Wow. I didn't get it. I didn't get into it. Yeah. I, and the more I hear about it, I feel like I need to go back and give it another shot, but people, I don't feel like I want to. So when Destiny 2 came out and they added the mod system, a lot of people said, stop what you're doing. Go look at Warframe. Look at what they're they're doing with mods. Do something like that. Stop this. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. I guess I should go play Warframe then and try it out. And I think it's free too. So yeah. why not? Um, and apparently someone thought it was worth hacking into my PS uh, PlayStation account to buy you know sixty bucks worth of their currency. So it's got to be you know something worthy. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean. Feel free to check it out on your own. Don't let my opinion sway you. It's just, I tried it, and I went, eh. I, I didn't get where all the... And it could have been... It, man, this could be a fucking scenario like uh, Valkyria Chronicles. Maybe I didn't get far enough yeah. into, into this that it, this mission starts to blow your mind. I tried it and went, eh, okay, and then stopped, and I never had a desire to go back, so... <laughs> Quick question. Was Bayonetta 3 announced previously? Uh, if it is, I didn't know about it. Because they just showed it on the Game Awards. It's going to be only on the Switch. Woohoo! So, anyway. Uh, so, best ongoing game. What do you think, Kara? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to be quite honest. And I've had, a, I've had a severe interest in getting into this game myself. I hope this one goes to Overwatch. Overwatch blew people's minds when it came out and continued to increasingly and progressively blow people's minds. It almost had the fever pitch of uh, World of Warcraft just on the shooter perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, player unknown P- PUBG is not even out. Yet. Yeah, it's still it's an early stupid. access game, but that's okay. I mean, it's got fucking billions of people after it, so it's gonna it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be noticed. And I don't know anything about Siege. 
I have I don't really know anything about GTA Online and Destiny Two. Uh, most of what I hear again is up and down. So I I know who won this one, but I'll go through real quick and talk about a couple of them. I don't think PUBG okay. should be in this category. One, okay. I don't think they're adding that much to the game. It's still in development, so they're kind yeah, of they're, bug yeah. fixing, adjusting <laughs> things. It doesn't deserve to be here. Sorry, yeah. good game or bad game, it's not an ongoing game. It's not released. Stop it. Yeah. Um, Rainbow Six Siege. I I'm not surprised by it being here. Um, not completely, and they have made good headway on that game. Free editions. It's not you know DLC. You have to pay for. Um, they're patching, balancing. I've heard good things about it. Uh, mm-hmm. GTA Online. Of course, they're crushing it. Um, they just, God, they make so much money. And I read something the other day, or heard something the other day about how they said that um, I think they've completely flipped their plan on single player DLC because it doesn't need it or something like that. Bullshit. But they don't need to. They're making bank off online, so why would they bother? Um, yeah. Destiny 2. I think it's too new to be in this category, to be fair. Um, yeah. I would put Destiny 1 in here if you wanted a Destiny game because they crushed it. And I don't know when the last DLC released, if that's technically this year or not. I don't think it was. Um, but even with the changes they've made in Destiny 1 before the release of Destiny 2, I think it should have been inherent to Destiny 2 because they nailed it with their improvements. Um, yeah. Overwatch, I'm actually disappointed that this won. Why, why? I just, I don't know if it's my personal disdain for the game and how I don't enjoy it, but it's not, I don't even enjoy watching it. Hmm. So it's just, I'm so tired of Overwatch. It's overhyped. <laughs> Is that your next DLC subtitle for it? <laughs> overhyped. It should be. Featuring Man. zero new characters. Yeah, it's just <laughs> I. It's just not for me, not my style. Um, it's okay, bro. Nobody hates you. Oh. But it won. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not surprised it won. I don't think it deserves to win, but I'm not. You know, the only opinion that matters. So. Yeah. Moving on to categories, uh, games for impact. Yeah. Kind of don't care. I'm not. I'm not sure exactly what this means. Um, but I will point yeah. out that what remains of Edith Finch is in this one as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know what it means, but it was not another nomination. So that's speaks for them, I guess. Best performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know all these. I mean, I know Ashley Birch, but I don't follow characters enough to to really like hold sway in all this. Yeah. So and I guess I'll move on. I, I'm real quick. I'm not surprised to see Wolfenstein 2 or Uncharted, Uncharted on here because part of the oh, reason yeah. people say that Lost Legacy was good was because those characters were so good. Oh, yeah. That they were great characters. They weren't outside of the Uncharted world or lore or whatever universe called thing you want to name it. They nailed it. So I'm not surprised yeah. to see them at all. Um, and, of course, Wolfenstein 2. People said the story was great. BJ is a great character from what I've seen. Yep. Not surprising to see it here. Yep. This is, it, I think I would completely agree. <laughs> he is exactly deserving in this. 
because he delivered that character. That's well. who I would say will win. Based on what little I know yeah. about the games, I'll say he yeah. wins. Yeah, I agree. Best audio design, Destiny's, Destiny 2, Hellblaze's Sinua's Sacrifice, mm-hmm. Resident Evil 7, Mario Odyssey, and Breath of the Wild. I personally am hoping Resident Evil 7 takes this one. Okay. Because Resident Evil has always been in my eyes, or what they tried to capture way, way, even way back in the day, was the atmosphere of of not slasher horror, but suspense horror. Yeah. That the dark undertone is what I loved about Resident Evil, even as cartoony as it came out to be anyway. And Resident Evil 7 finally pulled that creepy suspense dark shit back into it. So, definitely did around this definitely did around the sound design. Talking about sound, and this is best audio design, but then they also have best mm-hmm. score music, which Resident Evil is yeah. not in best score music. Does that which make is sense? Fine. Okay. That's fine okay. by me. So it's not the music necessarily, it's the overall audio. No. It's the whole entire okay. audio design as a whole. The sound effects, the guns, the characters, the voice dialogue, the ambient noise, all that. Yeah. Um, score music, we got Cuphead, Destiny 2, Automata, Persona 5, Odyssey, and Breath of the Wild. Hmm. I can hear everybody in their fucking mother screaming for near automata <laughs> i'll tell you right now uh i'm gonna say i hope it's a tie between cuphead and mario odyssey you would be wrong i really am i already know it's the results of this one yeah all right all right well let me keep talking yep. for a second then to, to breath of the wild does have good music and good music keys i like the way i do and am a fan of how they did the design how it's just the the underlying piano keys every you know minute or so in the world Mm -hmm. and then when you get into a battle the music shifts when you get into a new area the music shifts i love the way they did it oh wow but the way that cuphead that music fits that theme period all the way around. Mm-hmm. Every single footage uh, I've seen of Cuphead, the music fits. Nothing's out of place. I agree. And Mario Odyssey, uh, I, all the footage I've seen, Mario does what they do best. And even though I don't like always having an orchestrated theme, they have good, upbeat, jazzy, fun music in Mario Odyssey, which is what Mario's about. So I hope it goes to one of those two. I wouldn't want it to go to Breath of the Wild over those two, but if it did, that's fine. And the rest, uh, So you're ready? I hope so. Near Automata. Okay. Near Automata does have good music. It has good... It's, it's not It's not the best. Mm-hmm. It's. It's... Oh my god. Do you think that's a symptom of people enjoying the game, so they vote for that game even though it may not have the best music? I guess so. Here's the thing. The music is good, yes. The music is designed around the specific areas, yes. Mm-hmm. But it's... I have a few near one tracks that I hum now and again just because they were catchy. Mm-hmm. These, they're catchy sort of, but they don't... I I don't I, I just I hate even talking about near automata now. I feel like I'm just gonna, I feel like it's gonna be fucking drowned out by the masses. Like everything I say is wrong, blasphemy, mm-hmm. 
and I'm just shitting on a great five out of five yeah. game. It's whatever. Near Automata wanted over fucking Mario Odyssey and Cuphead. Sure, whatever. Yeah. Moving well, on with life. So another winner has been updated, and it was best okay. strategy game. Okay. So I guess people, or whoever does the voting, whoever you know chose the winner, again chose based on fun, not entirely based on strategy, because Mario Rabbids won it. Mario Rabbids, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not surprised, but I am a little disappointed. Not because it's a bad game, but as far as strategy games go, I think War of the Chosen was pretty clear for my personal experience. And just based on other fans, I thought Total War would be close. I didn't think Mario plus Rabbits would be that yeah. high of a contender. All right, this is going to get a little hairy. But best art direction, yeah. Cuphead, Destiny 2, Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5, and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'm gonna, let me, let me get mine out of the way okay. first. Number one, I'm kicking Destiny 2 off the, off the board. <sighs> Destiny 2 is fucking gray, gray brown with a lot of color splash. Looks like Destiny 1, best art direction. Same fucking art direction as Destiny 1. Move on with life. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn. I mean, yeah, it has that cool kick-you-in-the-face aesthetic of having a wild nature with mechanical animals, but still looks fucking brown-gray whatever, and it's a... Uh, uh, no, whatever. Persona 5, I mean, it has pretty good... It's, it's, it's anime-styled and done very well, so okay, I'll put you up there. Cuphead is brand new, and that art choice, the choice mm -hmm. to go with that art style is way different than anything we've had recently. Yes. Deserves to be up at the top. And Breath of the Wild is a far departure art style from any other Zelda made previously. I like the art style that they chose to go with. Um, I would say that would probably be a contender for maybe a second place. But I think first is probably, hopefully, a good, a good solid tie between P5 and Cuphead. Okay. And personally, just because of the choice they made to do that in this day and age, I hope that Cuphead would get it just because, like I just said, they just mm -hmm. chose that new, that new direction. Yeah. Because of that art direction they chose to go in. So, before I tell you who won this, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. So, <laughs> Destiny 2, for all its flaws, the art isn't one of them. I, I get what you're saying about being similar to Destiny 1, and even that's not entirely right. It may be like what the end of Destiny 1 was, but that's because they were using this, what they were working on Destiny 2. You know, they were already working on Destiny 2 at the time, and I would imagine that they said, okay, we're going to do the same style for both. So that's why it bleeds over. The art style, the cinematics, are superb. Those, that's the, my favorite part of the game. That's why I said about the DLC, if it had more cutscenes, I'd like it even more. Because the cutscenes that are in it are great. The style's great for the type of game it is. Sure, it's not as bright as Breath of the Wild, but it's not meant to be. Chris, uh, it, looks like Halo, it looks like Halo meets Mass Effect. Get out of here. Get out of here. It's, just, it's generic. Come on, now, man. Now, do I think they should win? No. But I don't think they should be dismissed. That's all I'm saying. Uh, oh, kicked off the board completely. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but the winner was Cuphead. Yes! Yes! So I'm I'm completely okay with that. That art style, great choice, fits the game. Nothing bad to say about it at all. I also want to take another quick pause. This is directly to the audience. You notice how me and Chris both have not 
even played Cuphead. I have not played it. I've not even played a demo. I've barely watched any Let's Plays of it either. But I'm gunning for this game to get noticed and get awards. Why? Because they chose to do these things differently, and they have done them well. Mm -hmm. This is what Cuphead is an example of what gaming needs. Chris, remember last episode when I was running through that whole spiel that I just shut up about, about, you know, I'm tired of seeing these fucking Horizon Zero Dawns and yeah. fucking and the, the bipedal humans dealing with human shit. Here comes Cuphead. It, it, it's, it's cartoony, it's fantasy, it's wacky, zany, and it has a theme and music style all its own. Yep. That's what, this is what we need more of in the gaming world, period. Not talking about game length, not talking about the difficulty, not talking about it being a boss thing. I'm talking about this feel of this game. This is what video games as a fucking whole needs more of. So the more accolades I can push on this, if if they're justified, if they're warranted, yes. Yeah. The more accolades we can push on Cuphead, the better for the gaming as a whole, in my opinion. Yep, so that's their third award of the night. Good. Fucking proud of it. How of it. Last three categories to go. We got Best Narrative, mm -hmm. Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. This has been on here a yeah. few times. I'm they have to, four, I think. I don't even know what the I don't even know what the fuck this game is, but I'll go take a look at it. Me neither. Uh, a five. H H Z D Z, Horizon Zero Dawn. We got Near Automata, What Remains of Edith Finch, and Wolfenstein. Tell you right now. I'm gonna tell you right now. Wolfenstein the New Colossus better fucking get it. Horizon Zero Dawn, the reason I have not played that game, but I made it through about about two hours of watching that movie, mm -hmm. and that story could not grip me. It just, again, it may be great for other people, it just did not, I, I was losing interest. I was getting yeah. that I don't care. Nero Automata, I've said enough about it. <laughs> Does it deserve to be on the list? Uh, what the fuck ever. Whatever. Wolfenstein the New Colossus? Yes. Most, because again, this is a goddamn game about Wolfenstein, about mm -hmm. BJ fucking Blaskowitz, a guy whose idea is, give me the gun, let me shoot the fucking Germans. America rules. <laughs> and they have this character now that you have empathy with, yeah. that you sympathize with, that you gun for, that you root for. They do some crazy wacky off the wall shit in this game as far as the story goes and you ride along with it like fuck yeah 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 i'm down I'm down for it all so i i'm hoping and i'm sorry hellblade i don't know nothing, i don't know nothing about you yeah or really you either edith finch so mm -hmm. my vote goes to my vote my vote goes to bj blaskovitz so i know who won this but before you i want to talk about the other games we don't know much about a little bit just based on what i'm reading so okay, hellblade is a dark fantasy psychological horror action adventure game and that's a mouthful um let's see Sanua is the main character uh, God, I wish there were more pictures. So of all these words, gosh. Um, let's see. But I guess it's a kind of. It seems I don't know if it's open world or not, but it seems that kind of action adventure, run around, kill enemies, 
their video sucks. It shows no gameplay. Good job, guys. Uh, I'm sure I'll watch for that and for Edith Finch. I'll I'll probably watch Giant Bomb do a quick mm-hmm. a quick quick play of it or something. Um, a quick look. Sorry. What remains of Edith Finch is a first-person narrative action or adventure video game. So eh. narrative first person. Um, eh. I don't know. I mean, something's got to be good about for all these nominations. And I suppose. not just nominations, What Remains of Edith Finch won Best Narrative. Yeah. So if it trumped out um, Wolfenstein, there's got to be something to it, I guess. Um, All right. I, I'll take a closer look at it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know enough about to say whether it's deserved or not. Um, but if they win, you know, they're usually worth a look at. <laughs> So best narrative went to Edith Finch. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right, two categories left. We got best game direction. Horizon Zero Dawn, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, Super Mario Odyssey, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Hmm. Now we've talked about all game? these except really Resident Evil. We touched on it briefly, but... Um... Yeah, game direction. Mm-hmm. Huh. I would say that that is a whole, as in where the game itself, especially because most of, let me see, Horizon Zero Dawn is a new IP. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil, Odyssey, Breath, and Wolfenstein are all sequels. So if I'm, and I could be totally fucking wrong about this, but if I'm saying, if they're saying how they took the game compared to old games, mm-hmm. I mean, that's one way to look at the category. But again, Horizon is a brand new IP, so eh. But the fact that they went to the theme of, you know, mechanical style beasts and animals, eh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. As far as best, ah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think, I'll tell you what, why don't you and I, let's figure out what the fuck does best game okay. direction mean. Let's come to our own uh, end of time cast consensus on what best game direction mean. Okay. I'm going to say, in my opinion, until I'm reading different, mm-hmm. that it's, th- how, how do we want this game to go? You know, like, uh, take Horizon Zero Dawn again. We're gonna make this a, uh, over the shoulder action adventure style game. And we're gonna set it to the theme of mechanical beasts roaming the world post apocalyptic. Uh, that's the direction we wanna go. The direction of Resident Evil is we're taking the, uh, we're taking out the zombie aspect and adding more, uh, local family going crazy and some other beasts and shit. Mario Odyssey. We're going the direction of making this open world. We're taking Mario and expanding his his whole entire world and letting you explore it. All at one time. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Same thing. And then Wolfenstein 2. We're taking the Wolfenstein idea continuing it by making it a... Uh, a story-driven game. So, what I'm reading, and I was trying to find something to help define it, but instead I found, you know, a predictions list. 
And mm. what they say is the, as in how it was directed, like the director of the game, you know, the mm. actual staff, you know, how it was directed, whatever that means to you. Ah, um, yeah. That's how okay. they seem to define it. Um, again, I haven't found anything official, but that's what I'm reading and that's what I'm interpreting it as right now. And they've also announced the winner, so we can uh, mull over it or we can, you know. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say that, all right, starting from the top, mm-hmm. Horizon. I liked where they were going for it. It had a good hook of, again, the mechanical animal shit. Yeah. Everything past that just didn't didn't grab me. So, eh. Resident Evil, uh finally bringing this game series back to where it belongs and putting the actual staple of suspense horror style uh, paint on it. Liked it. Good choice. Odyssey. <clears throat> Taking Mario open world. Making a huge, expansive game. Yeah. It's, it just means more fun, so great. Breath of the Wild. Same thing. I would say uh, between Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, I would probably... <laughs> That's really tough. It's killing you gonna, not to say Breath of the Wild, isn't it? No, no. I'm yeah. gonna. Well, what I'm saying is, I would put those two on equal footing, mm-hmm. and I would put Resident Evil. I would put Resident Evil underneath. Okay. Uh, same thing. I think the sheer length of those two games is what's putting the game direction on for me because okay. they could have chose to shorten them. They could have chosen to not make those games open world. Yeah. But the fact that they did added that many more hours of gameplay and that much more game game added to it mm-hmm. I think between those two they went out and yeah the fact that I've I put 350 something plus hours in Breath of the Wild <laughs> over Odyssey I would say I I would probably pick Breath of the Wild over the top okay what about you um I don't really know this is kind of a hard category for me I mean not only because I already know the winner but also because I haven't played, you know, half the games on the list. And mm-hmm. I hate making decisions based on that when I haven't seen anything of Resident Evil 7. Nothing. I don't think I've watched a single video, a single trailer. I haven't seen anything of it. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, haven't played it. I want to play it. Like I said, I already bought it. So I just need to play it. And I can understand why it wouldn't rank up there as high based on people's feedback about it. Yeah. Um, Wolfenstein, I mean, I've said what I've said about it. All around looks like a great game. People love it. Sure, mechanics may be, you know, an issue, but story-wise, they crushed it. So it's hard to argue against that, you know. And Super Mario Odyssey, like you said, they expanded it. You know, they, they didn't constrict the levels say like uh, Mario 64 kind of did which even then it wasn't super restricted in most of them but you saw this area you know where you had you know three or what was the stars of six per level on average or something like that and then you were yeah. done with the area um, Odyssey has 30 stars or you know plus per area mm-hmm. depending on which one I think one area has 50 I mean like I said there's 999 in the game um, some of those you buy at shops, but otherwise you're finding them in the world and it's definitely expanded upon that original Mario 64 style and level design. Um, 
Breath of the Wild, again, another huge one. I would say where this one, the weakness is that there's only the four dungeons, so to speak. That's not counting the final area. Um, yeah. I think that was a weakness, even though they have all the, uh, were they trials or temples? Mm-hmm. Um, even though they have all those, I don't think that made up for it. It was, they're good. They're nice to have there. I like that they included them, but I don't think it makes up for it. Um, yeah. and that's the only reason I would even put Breath of the Wild down at all. Um, mm-hmm. that being said, the winner was Wolfenstein 2. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, I tell you what, I'm not upset by that. Yeah. I'm not upset by it at all. That game deserves to be pushed for that for what they chose. And again, I'm I'll determine on my own uh, maybe by next podcast what this whole best game direction is, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> I, it's hard for me without having that actual definition. I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, without having those exact fucking parameters and factors of what go into determining what we would consider best game direction. Yeah. It's hard for me to argue with it. But the fact that Wolfenstein won at, at all, hey man, good on him. Yeah. I'm cool, I'm cool with that. And uh, another one that was announced, the Student Game Award, which we don't know anything about, but Level Squared won it. Whatever that is, uh, they won. Good, um. good on you, Level Squared. <laughs> The we didn't really talk about it, but down at the bottom there's also the fans choice awards, mm-hmm. which I don't know what these if this is purely fans decided this or the fans decided the categories or what determined that. Um but the most anticipated game um we could talk about that real quick if you want before we move on sure. to yeah, before we move to the final one, yeah. let's have this uh this fucking typical Hollywood uh, TV show. Before we get to the number one, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you're a fucking jerk, man. And mainly because they oh, haven't announced wow. a winner for that in some other category, so I'm stalling. But, well, that's fine. We uh, don't need to know the winner. <laughs> I do. That's fine. <laughs> oh, man, I do too, but if it's not on this episode, that's fine. Uh, but most our fans, pissed. they have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> Most anticipated. <laughs> Don't you dare use our fans against me like that. Don't you ever do that. You hear that? You hear that, guys and gals? This fucker. But our fans. <laughs> this is a really good list of games, though. Yeah. For the uh, most part. Fans Choice Awards. Most anticipated game. Yep. God of War. Mm-hmm. Marvel's Spider Man. Yeah. Monster Hunter World. Mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, let's see. The only well for start. Go ahead, you you first. I've talked to enough. This the only thing that I don't really care to be on this list is the Marvel Spider-Man. It looks like a well-designed game. I'm just kind of curious why it's on most anticipated. Because it doesn't look to be groundbreaking. Um, now, I haven't seen anything about story, so I don't know if you know the story aspect that people are looking forward to. Yeah. But the others have, you know, legacies to live up to. Even though Last of Us only has one game, that's a legacy. Um, yeah. Red, Red, I guess Red Dead's only one game, too. Um, but that has a legacy to live up to. Spider-Man? There are Spider-Man games, yeah, but I wouldn't say they have a legacy. 
I would say Spider-Man. I mean, they have Spider-Man does a, have quite a few games yeah. behind it, but I would say it's not so much it has a legacy to live up to as it has it needs to prove that it's better than what we've had before. <laughs> that's for sure. You know, it needs to show that it's an improvement, and I think that's what the trailer has shown for a lot of people. And hopefully, that's what they're going to be doing. So maybe it deserves to be on the list. We'll see. Um. See, God of War. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I don't I don't understand why there's been recently a lot of rumblings about this game in a negative way. I'm looking forward to it again. I have this fucking soft spot in my heart for a father son deal. So, the it's fucking God of War. The last three weren't bad. Neither were the spinoffs. So, should be good. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in the Spider Man. Even me, who's never played a single Spider Man before, this one looks fun. So who knows? Monster Hunter World. I played Monster Hunter Try. I played it for several hours. We're talking 20, 30 plus hours. I put it down softly, but I just got bored of it. Mm-hmm. This one does not look like something you'll get bored with. Yeah. It looks like a shit ton of fun. I hope so. So I am interested in it. Red Dead Redemption 2. Here's the thing. I played Red Dead 1 mm-hmm. all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's an okay game. Good story. I like the way the story developed. I like the way the story went through. I like the way it ended, too. I just don't really care if there's a second one or not. I don't wow. hate that there's a second one coming, but I'm not foaming at the mouth for the sequel. I'm perfectly content with all the memories and everything I had with the first one. I'm indifferent to Red Dead Redemption hmm. 2. I'm going to go ahead and say that on record. Until I see something that makes me think differently, we'll see. The whole pirate theme for Black Flag, I'm way into pirates. <laughs> uh, cowboys and westerns and, and riding horseback and yippee-ki-yay. Um, I don't hate it. It's just meh to me. Mm-hmm. So that theme didn't just just blow my ever-loving mind. There were parts to Red Dead, Dead, Red Dead, that, I, Red Dead that I did like. <laughs> I always like playing poker. I like playing the dice games. I like, I love John Marston's one-liners, his little witty comebacks. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a line where she asks him, she's like, do you mind me asking you a personal question? He goes, I don't mind at all if you don't mind me not answering. Uh, I, I love that. I love his, 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 but Red Dead 2 for me is whatever. Last of Us Part 2, I haven't even played the first one yet. The second one looks good from the trailer. For different reasons, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I haven't seen the trailer, I, so I don't know. I would say out of all these, even though I'm really, really fiending for God of War, mm-hmm. I hope Monster Hunter World gets it because Monster Hunter needs to come into the limelight. It needs to get way, way, way more popular than it is. That's what people tell me to say. <laughs> that's not what, that's not what I'm saying. I'm hoping that Monster Hunter World gets in, gets this because this game looks fun. Yeah. This game looks like what the Monster Hunter was supposed to be. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So. Yeah, I I never played Red Dead Redemption. Um, mm-hmm. No particular reason. I just I didn't know about the game for the longest time until you know I saw people whenever Rockstar made an announcement was like, oh, is it Red Dead Redemption two? Is it Red Dead? Is it is it two? Is it coming out? Is it, is that their announcement? No. Aw. So I've heard. <laughs> And I've seen the, you know, uh, rabid fans chomping at the bit for it, but I don't know anything about it. 
other than, you know, the Western theme. Um, I may or may not have seen gameplay of it at one point. May have been, may have been a different Western game. Don't know. Um, so I can understand why it's on here. Um, Monster Hunter World, like you said, it looks amazing. And I personally would like to play a really good Monster Hunter game because I played uh, Ultimate or whatever it was on the DS and I was disappointed in it. It wasn't quite to what I wanted it to be. It was almost there. If it was that last little bit, it just couldn't win me over on um, that I felt it was missing. Um, yeah. I already said, talk about Spider-Man. Last of Us Part 2, I haven't seen any trailers. I believe I heard about the announcement or that it was announced, something like that, but I know nothing about it. I will say that that is a difficult one to be into, to anticipate while at the same time really wanting it because yeah. the first excuse me Jesus um the first game was so good and I want to see that continue but at the same time you know when you get into that sequel of a great game like that it's not always good it's often not good yeah. and that's kind of scary um God of War on the other hand that's one that they just keep crushing. I mean, they kind of, they have their little wave they go through. You know, this one's good. This one's not as good. This one's good. You know, but they're they're all overall solid games. They're just some are better than others. And this new one looks like it's going to crush it. It looks like they're going to keep mm -hmm. going with this improvement on God of War, the next gen or current gen console. You know, moving up to what we expect from it as far as graphics and cinematics and improving the story to where you're not just this guy, you know, going around hacking around at things. You have a kid. That is a huge dynamic to add to a character like that. So yep. if they nail that game, we may be looking at, you know, game of the year 2018. Uh, yep. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if it was in contention, as long as they mm -hmm. nail it. Um, the winner of this category is Last of Us Part Two. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I thought the I think the trailer for that just released what about a month ago? Nice, During, I haven't seen it, so. Uh, yeah. So I mean, hey, more power to it. Mm -hmm. It's apparently a great game, so them wanting to have a sequel is understandable. So, all right. Uh, do you, since you're the one keeping tabs on all this, do you yeah. have any idea of when they're announcing the game of the year? No, because they still haven't done mass mul multiplayer, fighting game, action-adventure, uh, performance, impact. They're still missing, like, half the categories, and it's going to uh, be well, last, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're already hitting close to a four-hour <laughs> mark. So, let's go ahead and hash out our cliffhanger last category. All right. The last category for 2017 Game of the Year is Game of the Year. Gotti, as the hip kids like to say <laughs> these days. Kids just go around skipping with their fucking Walkmans in their ear and going, Gotti! Right? <laughs> that was fucking stupid. Don't, don't laugh at that, please. Uh, I'm laughing at the stupidity, not because it's actually it's, funny. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> the 2017 Game of the Year nominees are... Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Super Mario Odyssey, 
and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Chris, you start your deliberation, then I'll do mine. So, I don't know if you know anything about these awards. Do you know who won Game of the Year last year? Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one because I, I, th- <laughs> I, I think it was I, I think it was another one that I was like not. It's not that I was upset. I think maybe I didn't play it. Oh shit! 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 Why you gotta put me on the spot like this? <laughs> I, I mean, it was a simple yes or no. If you do it all, I mean, I do, I do, but I hadn't played it yet. Give me a, give me a hint. Give me a hint. It's uh, nominated this year. Uh, not for game of the year, but I w- uh, other category. I want to click. I want to click so bad. I'm like, oh, oh, Overwatch. Yeah, Overwatch. Overwatch won it last year. So yeah. I am. Very concerned that PUBG is going to win this category. Yeah. I do not want them to. I don't think they deserve to. But I am afraid. I am afraid that that is going to happen. Um, so Horizon Zero Dawn, like you said, it has issues. Um, a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people liked it. Um, I think DLC added to it. I haven't talked about that at all, but... I've only, I haven't, like I said, I haven't played it, so I've only heard things, but I heard the DLC was an improvement on the base game. Um, so taking that, you know, let's improve what we have that people complain about and make this game better, which is a great trend to have. Um, it's great to see these studios and developers actually caring that they put out a bad game and fixing it. Sure, they should release something good to start with, or, you know, to that higher level they should start with, but it's better than nothing. I will not put down a studio that is putting forth the effort. Plain, uh, straight and simple. Persona 5, I wouldn't be surprised if this won at all. Um, with it winning best RPG, that's a pretty big deal. Um, and I, I mean, like I said, I haven't played it, but I would be surprised if it didn't win. Um, Super Mario Odyssey, Good game. Is it game of the year? I don't think so. I just, I don't, like I said, it didn't blow me out of the water. Great game, fun game. I mean, I, it's one of those things that, you know, do I think it'll win? No. Is it above PUBG? Absolutely. Um, PUBG's at the bottom of the list for me, if that's not obvious at this point. Um <laughs> You sound very salty toward PUBG. I just, I don't get it. I don't get the hype. I don't get why it's so popular. I don't get it. There's so many other games of this style. Sure, the director of the game is someone that worked on the other ones that are popular. So what? It's the same game, different skin, blah, 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 move on with your life. Um, Have you played it, Chris? No. Play it and then find your own determination. I... I have trouble even watching it now. I have to watch based on people that I enjoy watching in general, like Achievement Hunter, or I don't enjoy watching people play it. Yeah. If it's not, if I'm not watching for the person's personality, I don't care. Um, there, there, and that's not a common thing, you know. Usually, I watch for the game and the personality. If it's not a game, I don't, or if it's a uh, game I like, I can usually ignore the personality if I'm watching for the game. Um, but it's one of those, I need the personality there. Or I'm not going to enjoy watching it. 
So it's, yeah. it's been kind of hard for me to justify going to buy it in early access when I don't even enjoy watching it. Um, and if I think about it and compare it to Overwatch, I don't even enjoy watching Overwatch and I did not enjoy playing it. So if that's a trend for me, and I you know don't know if it is or not, but if it is, then that kind of makes me hesitant to even try it because I'm like, okay, it's just going to be Overwatch. I'll try it and then not like it and you know, I'm just going to be disappointed. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I should give it its fair shake when actually playing the game because that's a whole different mechanic. That's a whole different, you know, seat to be in, so to speak. But I just, yeah. It, a game should have to be out of early access to be game of the year, period. I mean, I beyond I the whether or not I like the game. Um, Breath of the Wild would not surprise me if it won either. Um, I do think... Based on the, I don't even know how to say this, but I think Persona 5 would go over Breath of the Wild, and but I think it would be close. I don't think it would be, you know, blow it out of the water type thing, because Breath of the Wild is what it is. It's Zelda. It's good. I mentioned the underlying issues I have with it personally. That's not the case for a lot of people. So I would be surprised if it wasn't Persona 5 or Breath of the Wild. Okay. Uh, let's see. How do I want to tackle this? <laughs> Just say Breath of the Wild and you know get your biasness out of the way and be done with it. Well, maybe. <laughs> but let me come at this rationally. Yeah. I'm 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 not that huge of a fanboy as, as you make me out to be. I mean it is a good game. Yeah, I know. But I mean if there's a if there's a game that outdoes it, I'm gonna mention it. Yeah. But I can tell you right now, without and I'll I'll put all my disclosures on all these. Horizon Zero Dawn, I have not physically put that game in my hands and played the game. However, again, I've watched I've tried to watch the movie so I could just get the story of it and I made it about an hour and a half, two hours into it and just said, ah, I'm done. So that's a that's a stop for me. Out of the game. Out of the running. Persona five, just won an awards. Apparently it's gotta be good, but I have not physically played it, so I cannot and will not compliment on where I want to put that on this list. Okay. I cannot. It's be unfair. We're talking about the fucking game of the year. Can't talk about it. PUBG, haven't played it. Same thing as above. Whether or not I believe it deserves to even be on this list, here's the thing. Right now, it's annotated that uh one million three hundred and seventy thousand eight hundred and seventy three people in the last thirty days have been playing this game. Can't deny that number. It's definitely something that people play and enjoy it, so cool. Uh so it just I guess it should be somewhere on this list, but I can't talk about it and I won't talk about where to place because I haven't played it. Mario Odyssey. As much as I love Mario. I have not played this game. I cannot talk about it. It defaults to me picking Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild because I have played that game. And I have put over, and I I say 350, more close to 500 hours by now because I went through that game a total of two times. And I've actually went through it a third time and didn't finish it. That was the second time I played through it. So I've put close to 500 hours into this game. That's the kind of hours that people put in MMORPGs. That's the kind of hours that people put into Call of Strike, Call of Duty Go or whatever. Call it Counter-Strike Go. 
The game is fun. It was, it, it engrossed me for far too long. I got completely lost with it. And now, especially when I said episodes ago that I wanted to take some distance from this and see how I felt, the game has not lost that, that, that appeal to me. Hmm. Uh, I think that everything I said about that game was warranted. It was, it did not feel like a flash in the pan. It did not feel like a popularity train with me. It did not feel like anything that these fucking people would put on something and go, Oh, you just like it because blank. I liked it because I had fun with it. Are there other games that I've had more fun with? Well, yes, of course there are. This game is not going to out-top in my list, say, Katamari Damacy. Legend of Breath of the Wild is not going to make my top 15 list, unfortunately. But it's going to contend with the top three of best Zelda of all time because of the fun that I got out of playing that game. Because of the absolutely engrossing nature I was engrossed nature I was in that that mind state that I was in and when I think about picking that game back up and playing it again I'm like yeah when I want to do it I'm going to get around to it and I'm going to have fun doing it I can feel I'm going to have fun doing it Mm -hmm. so and also just if we're talking numbers while PUBG does have you know 1.3 close to 1.4 million that play on an average daily basis that's great Breath of the Wild did top over 5 million copies sold, both on Wii U and Switch. So it's not like Breath of the Wild is not unknown. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's kind of, sort of popular. That game gets fucking played as well. Yeah. The difference being that PUBG is an R online, and it's always going to be played to some sort of degree. While, you know, you're going to play Breath of the Wild, be it, you know, 100 hours or 500 hours, and you're probably going to put it down for an extended period of time. Two totally different styles of gameplay. Two totally different conversations you're having when you're talking about longevity of these games. Um, I, unfortunately, just by, you know, fucking rules of what I've played, Breath of the Wild wins it for me. Mm -hmm. Once I play Odyssey and Persona 5, I'd love to go back and and readdress this list and see where I would put them. But right now, it says Breath of the Wild for me. Okay. Yeah, so, um, Games for Impact was just awarded, and Hellblade won it, so. Okay, well, I guess I need to look into that again. I promise you, I've never even heard of that either. game. So, also not mentioned that we're, we haven't talked about tonight because mm-hmm. we're just running out of time. Uh, I'm sure there are some Steam games here and there, like, you know, I'm, I know y'all have heard yeah. me talk about a robot named Fight. I believe that came out this year. Uh, it's worth a mention. I played it. I enjoyed it. So there's that. But I don't think of a Steam game that, that like, top, top the list that could be made on this list that isn't mm-hmm. already, you know, on the list to some degree. Well, Chris, I think that we did a pretty good job of talking about 2017. We definitely hit a lot of popular notes, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, I do apologize again to our audience. I'm sorry. We don't, uh, we're not paid to play games yet. <laughs> I say yet with a big asterisk. So we don't, you know, we, we're not giant bomb. We haven't been able to play all these games and have a very concise and, you know, a good point of view on all these games. Cause I just, I just haven't played many of them. But I had fun in 2017. I'll tell you this, as far as games go for 2017, it's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of fucking strong right hooks this year when it comes to games. Yeah. You know, I wish I'd played more of them. You know, 
Yeah, me too. It's like we were talking me about too. the top ten list. It's like, well, I've played like two games that came out this year. Or, you know, I think I ended up with four games that I actually put on a list, and it's yeah. There's so many more. I mean, just looking at this list, games we haven't even heard of. Um, yeah, I definitely have a uh, extended list now to go through and play. I've got a topic idea for us, Chris. All right. We can have a decades, let's say like a decades discussion, like 2010 to 2017, best decade for gaming. 2000 to 2009, best decade of gaming. Take a look at all the good top games that came out that year, the most notables, et cetera, et cetera, and see which ones had the most, see which one stands out as uh, this was the year of those years, you know? Okay. Because I think two thousand, I feel like two thousand seventeen would be pretty far up there. I think they had a, we had a lot of good hits this year. It's, seems like everything's going smooth. So we'll hopefully next year will be as good. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, when I was actually looking at the list of what was coming out to see, you know, if we wanted to even have this discussion before the new year, there are a lot of good games coming out in January and February. So we're keeping rolling with them straight out of 2017 and in 2018. We're hitting the ground running. You know, Maternal World and some of the others we talked about, that's when they hit. So yep, look forward to it, man. Yep. That's going to do it for this episode of End of the Time. End of Time podcast. I know we ran long, but hey, it's the game of the year discussions. we got to do something. <laughs> it's going to be lengthy. It's going to have to be. Yeah. Uh, If... What are your 2017 picks of game of the year or any category you mentioned? What was your what was your gaming life like in 2017 period? Did you enjoy it? And what are your memories? What were your your likes, your dislikes? What things did you hate? What things did you love this year, 2017 in gaming? Let us know. You can you can drop us a message on Facebook. It's probably where you find this. Uh, you can send us put something on our Facebook wall. We also have an email. That's usually where we try to promote people to send us stuff to. You can email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny spelling or letters, just as it is. Uh, you can also, we have a Twitter page. You can tweet at us. Somebody will one day, I assure you. <laughs> just let us just let us know what your thoughts are. And also, like our food discussion, let us know what your foods, what foods do you like, people? We love to know. We can take discussion in any shape or form. It's our podcast. We'll talk about what you want to talk about. But it'll be talking about what we want to talk about first. <laughs> That's going to do it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch catch you next episode in about a week or so. Uh, hopefully, right, Chris? Yeah. About a week or so. Cool. All right. Until then, until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. Good night.